Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Hey, hello, hello, hello. How you doing? This is Benita Asset, and we are on Sipping Tea with B. And the reason we're here today, early this Sunday morning, is to talk about our brothers going to Brazil to find companionship. Really? Why? Why Why is that going on? Why can't we just um, make families here? So I put together a collective of sisters to respond to this um, outrageous video. Well, maybe I shouldn't say outrageous. There might be some points in there that we accept and some points that we reject. Um, but as a documentary. And so I put together a collective of sisters of varying ages and styles and places, and we have something that we would like to say. Um, part of the, I would like to also share with you that this uh, request or this, the concept of putting this podcast together is um, on the strength of a, a brother that I have a lot of respect for, somebody I've known for over 20 years, and he just flat out said, hey, let's talk about this. So it was supposed to be just a simple comment on Facebook, and I've uh, decided to put together a collective of awesome sisters from, like I said, various styles and places to respond to that request. So we're going to just go ahead and get started. We're going to jump all in. I'm going to work through the board, and we're going to do a 10-second check-in. All of my sisters have had an opportunity to respond to this video, and here we go. We're going to start with um, my sister from Delaware. Her name is, and this is Malika from Delaware. And then we have Robbie, who's also from out east. And then we have um, a couple sisters here in, well, three more in the Chicagoland area. And they're also going to um, respond as well. Okay, here we go. Malika, 10-second check-in, sis. How you doing, Hi, this is Malika. I currently live in Delaware. I'm originally from New York, though. Okay. Well, what you you got a chance to watch the video, right? Yes, I did. And oh, I you know what, oh, Malika? Oh. Let me uh, apologies, but the video that we're talking about is called "Frustrated," and it is a documentary about brothers who've decided to, like I said, go to Brazil. So you got a chance to watch the video. Okay. Go ahead. Um, Ten second check in real quick. I'm all open to people doing what you feel is best for you. My only real issue is don't make your choice my problem. If you made that choice, that's perfectly fine. But to say you made that choice because all black women or African-American women are so such and such and such that you had to make that choice is what I have a problem with. Okay. So choices you want you want for their choice to not necessarily be or their problem to be your choice. Say that again for me, real quick, sis. I don't want your choice to have to be my fault. Okay, all right, all right. We're gonna go to the next person. Thanks a lot, sis. We come back to you. 
Robbie, introduce yourself, sis, and um, let us know what your 10-second check-in is in response to the video. Okay, I had to unmute. I apologize for that. This is Robbie. Um, I am actually in Detroit. Um, I lived in New York for eight years, um, and I've lived a few different cities in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., and um, my perspective on this is that, again, I agree with what the sister just said. I typically don't like to condone blanket statements from men in regards to the women of their ethnic group, you know, and I've dated men from different cultures, and when they go that route to try to make blanket statements like, well, I'm dating you because I don't like white women or blah, blah, I, I just don't condone it. I don't like that. Um, that type of talk, it doesn't make much sense. But with this particular issue about men going to Brazil, um, I think that it's just, um, I would say that I do appreciate the fact that they are still dating black women, and that, that makes it a little, let me feel a little bit better about it. But um, and, and overall, I just think, again, that this isn't the real issue. You know, the real issue, the real issue is our self-hate, and we need to address that, and I think that's where we should start. Okay, self-hate. All right, uh, we're going to move on to the next person. Thank you so much, Robbie, for calling in. Next, we have, um, <clears throat> please call her, introduce yourself. I think this is Hi. Yes, this is Takesha. Um, I did watch the video. Um, there was good views and there was bad views, a lot of bad male views, because I don't think personally they even try to even find, you know, women here in America. I think it's more so them just going over to, you know, chase some tail, basically, at the end of the day, some out of the U.S., in other words. So I talked to friends, and their excuses were availability as far as women. I'm like, there's a million available black women here in the U.S. that's well-educated and you know, want to settle down and get married and have kids to do the whole nine. So it's more so dependable, depending on the male and their background and how far they went in as far as education. Okay. All right. So chasing tail and feeling insecure about their education level, like that kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. All right. Thanks for that 10-second check-in. Keisha, we're going to come back to you, sis. Um. Caller, are you there yet? This is Benita Offset, and we are asking you about the video. I don't know who this person is, but they are never available. Okay. Kia, are you still there, sis? Benita, it's Kia. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and you probably, you know what, you all, you probably don't even have to put on the um mute button yourselves. Um because I, I got you muted until we do, like, a group chat, you know, if there's, like, a whole bunch of us on the line at the same time. Then okay. you can come back to the phone faster that way. But, yeah, go ahead. What's your 10-second check-in? Introduce yourself and, and check-in. So I'm here from Chicago. Um, I have dated outside of my race by force um, initially. Um, and also I have, I am pretty well-traveled. So um, I was kind of – initially the video kind of um, was a big turn-off um, but by the end of the video, <clears throat> after seeing the quality 
of the men, it didn't bother me at all. I was more relieved that they went over there. And we can go more into that later. Um, specifically the brother with the drinks at the at the table and then the heavier set brother that was uh in the back of the group. So I'll go in more into that later. But okay, I, yeah. So so the mm-hmm. type of brother who would even go there in the first place. I, I hear you, sis. Okay, we're gonna move on to the next person. Caller. Introduce yourself, please, and uh, give us a 10-second check-in on response to the video. Um, this is Adra Mohammed. Um, on the video, uh, I wasn't, well, I, no, I really wasn't surprised on the comments that were made because a lot of people don't understand that we've been trained a completely different way, and the things that those women that they deal with over there and the things that we deal with over here are completely different. So the video, I, was, I really wasn't surprised with it. Okay, so your your ten second check in is basically around culture. Yeah, it is. Okay, it's about, about around culture and upbringing. Like their and, um, culture is maybe a little bit different from ours, so to speak. That or, and our struggle right. is different. Okay, all right, sis, we're gonna come back to you to explain that better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is Rajane. Rajane, um, I know you got an opportunity to see the video. Rajane, you all is my uh, 21-year-old daughter, so I'll admit that there may be some bias there. But um, we are the, she, she and I are very different people. She's um, because I've never been the type of mother who is like, you're. I'm raising you to be another me. I've given her a lot of freedom to come into her own. And um, so there are some similarities, but uh, I think she might even be more passionate about it. And on the next, like there might be some things that I don't mind about it that even she's. But I'm gonna let her give her spin on it. Rajane, are you um, ready to speak? Yeah. Hello. I start to question the motive of the documentary. And I really wanted to see more information from it. I started to wonder why they didn't show the Brazilian men's perspective, because through the whole entire documentary, you never see them at all, right? And you have these men coming from different countries who are taking their women. So I thought it was very biased. Okay. So you feel like the perspective is unbalanced. Yeah. All right. Okay, so out of all of our women here, each one naturally just had a different check-in. So we're going to go back through the callers and give them an opportunity to go more into depth with their specific um, reasons for feeling the way they feel. Um, Now, and one of the things that I like about this process of going back through First, we did the check-in, so if any of you all heard somebody else's perspective that you appreciate, like, or um, would like to um, co-sign with, let me know. You know, we might be able to put the two of you all on together so that you can, um, or if you have a question of one of our other fellow callers on the air, you're free to ask that. Before I go on to any other callers, Rajane, do you have a question of any of the other women that were here? Uh, No, I don't. Okay. All right, we're moving on. We're going to go back to Malika. Malika, and then after Malika, we're going to come to you. Okay, Robbie? So, Malika, it's your turn. Do you want to – are you ready to go into depth with um, how you felt or explain more about your position? Sure. Um, and in actuality, I agree, I agree with all the women. Um, 
you know, there is a there is a significant cultural difference. And I don't mind a guy saying, okay, you know, there's a cultural difference. I prefer someone who panders and caters to me. I prefer patriarchal. That's your choice. I don't have an issue with that. I'm glad you're not trying to bark up my tree or my daughter's tree if that's your choice. But I truly, my biggest issue, no matter what a, what a person chooses to date, is when they say they cannot date their own race, and this is because why. And it's just a blanket statement. Y'all not pretty when y'all get wet. Y'all don't take care of yourselves. You work too hard. You want to be the boss. You make too much money. How can a person make too much money? Exactly. Exactly. How can you make too much money? Right. How do you make too much money? You know, I was good enough for you when you didn't have much of anything and you laid down and made babies with me. Now I'm not good enough for you and no one who looks like me is good enough for you. And part of that issue is I'm too bossy, I work too hard, I make too much money, I'm too educated. But I went and got some more education to make some more money to take care of the baby that you left me with. Mm-hmm, exactly. <clears throat> and that's like my biggest issue. You know, do what you want to do, choose what you want to choose. But don't look me in my face and tell me the reason why it, it's my fault. I can't date you because you as a black woman is X, Y, and Z. But if I said that about you as a black man, well, I can't date a black man because y'all are X, Y, and Z. Holy war is about to break out. That's my issue. Thanks a lot, sis. I, you know, I completely agree with you. It's like, I, <clears throat> and the way you had started off with your 10-second check-in was, your choices shouldn't be my problem, right? And um, and then when you explained it a little bit further, and I that that is disturbing, you know, to for for a man to say, I can only date white women, or I can only date women from other countries, or I can only it's like you're not giving anybody else a chance. But I appreciate the fact that if they at least, at the very least, say that up front, I kind of think that's what I'm hearing you say is, if that's going to be your choice, then don't even include me in it. Am I saying that right? Yes, because my biggest concern is, you know, I'm a grown woman. I'm in my mid-40s almost. But my biggest concern is my 21-year-old daughter, your 21-year-old daughter, the children, the daughters and women who are coming up now, and these men's children. Mm Mm-hmm. If that's your perspective and you're going to put it that way, what does that say to the daughter that you have? Exactly. Like what are you teaching them, that they should have been born in Brazil in order to find good companionship? Right. Mm. Or they should have been born half-white? Well, what does that mean when they're standing side-by-side with a white woman? They're better than the woman with two black parents but not as good as the woman with two white parents? Mhm. Mhm. What are you feeling in that next generation of women coming up? Exactly. You can't choose where you're coming from. Exactly. All right. Well, um, let's go to Robbie. And um, thank you so much, sis. We're gonna come back to you, Robbie. You're up. What do you What do you say, sis? Um, how can you explain a little bit more about your day off on the fling? I think it's how you had that. 
<laughs> like they they just want to get some. <laughs> oh no no no, that was the key. No, that said was that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I but I but I was cracking up when she said that. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. They just wanted to get some, and they couldn't get it here in the states. But okay. Now, um, we're we going to go to Takisa next. Do you have any questions for Takisa? Because I could pull her in real quick. No, I, I don't have any questions for Takisha, but I do just want to say that that is very relevant, what she said. That That is uh, a, definitely a component of what was going on there. But um, my thing that I really wanted to express was that, you know, um, and like I said in the Facebook post, not on Sister Cole, but um, the ones that B may um Basically, what I was saying was that, you know, I understand that we have issues with ourselves. Like African-Americans, that is an issue that we have, and it's a, it's kind of unique to our culture because of being here in America and dealing with, you know, a society that kind of attacks, you know, our group and has kind of dismantled some of those things. And so there's a lot of self-hate going on. So we have a tendency, unlike other cultures, um, minorities in America in general, actually, I can say, have a tendency to down our specific groups and relate to each other in specific groups and say, oh, our women do this, our men do this, we're the only ones to do that, blah, blah, blah. You know, and when you go to other countries, you find that people don't even speak in those terms mm-hmm. because that's an American thing. Um, and so that self-hate, because we don't love ourselves, then we attack ourselves. So they're just quickly to attack and say, well, this isn't working because, you know, black women aren't doing this and that and there's issues. And I just want to address that. I think that if we address that issue first, then we can recognize that, you know, this is some things that we need to fix within our community first. Um, We are, you know, we do have struggles sometimes relating to each other because we're both going through so much. And then that's when I want to bring up the other sister on the phone that mentioned culture and mentioned Brazilian women and their struggle being different. They have their own struggle, and I can't remember which um, sister, what her name was. That's but, Okay, yes, she's absolutely correct. It's a different culture. Their struggle is different. So some of the things that they don't, they don't, they don't have to deal with some of the struggles that we have, and that can make them more attractive to our men because that's off the table. But, um, I just don't like to condone that. And we as women all over the world, we can't condone the bashing of other women, men doing that, of women of their culture. Don't allow it. When I date white men, I don't allow it. When I've dated Asian men, I don't allow it. Don't come to me with that because I know it's not true. There's plenty of women in your culture that are great, would be perfect for you. You just have a preference, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But um, don't hate yourself in that way and, and, and down your mother because and, and, basically that's what you're saying. You know, you're downing your own mother, you know, depending on, you know, unless you're mixed race or something like that, but I just don't condone it. And so um, I think that if we deal with the self-hate first in our culture and the things that we're dealing with, then we wouldn't make these types of statements. Um, I don't have a problem with Brazilian women. That was the one final thing I want to mention that whole thing of you see how it perpetuates us to be against each other as African people. Um, Our men are going there and telling them how horrible we are. Mm -hmm. 
And that's sad because I don't know. I met Brazilian women when I used to live in Tokyo. We hung together. They were cool. They were great. That never came up. You know, I don't even know why I would just hate a group of women for no reason. That's very weird. Um, And I don't know why, you know, that our men are telling them these things, but this happens, period. Men do that when they talk about, when they deal with other women of other cultures. They sometimes bash their cultures in order to, you know, um, explain why they're doing this. So um, I'll stop talking and let someone else talk. But um, so I just (laughs) wanted to say how I agree with those two sisters on those two things, and I think that... Well, that self-hate is what we need to handle first, and then we wouldn't even have this conversation. Sister Robbie, you said a couple things that I want to respond to. The um, sisters around the world, I I feel like we need to have a sister code. That's the reason why I started that Facebook group, Sister Code, is because I think that um, we we should never be hating on each other, and it's the reason why um, whether you my bloodline or not, I'll, I'll call you my sis. I'm like, sis, sis, sis. You know, I don't even know you. I'm, I'm like walking down the street seeing um, black women that I've never met before, and I'm speaking to them and saying, hey, sis, how you doing? And that's all part of my design to try and bring us all into the same family because even though the struggle is different, there's still a struggle there, right? And mm-hmm. um, and it was somewhat disturbing for me towards the end of the video where the Brazilian women were like, I don't know why would they be. We, we care for them like so much. You know, we take care of their men. And, I mean, seriously, deep down inside, I don't know any woman who is comfortable with their arrangement being um, with, with changing. So, for instance, if I'm, in a, if I'm in an arrangement with you, whether you're my business partner, my sister, my family member, my coworker, whatever the arrangement is, I'm not comfortable with you disturbing that arrangement. So if the arrangement is that we're going to be in an exclusive situation and then you run to Brazil and go get with a woman down there, and then you mean to tell me that the woman down there, if she had an arrangement with her, now, for instance, if her arrangement is he can sleep with whoever he wants to sleep with, that's a different arrangement, right? And so if she knows that he's already in an arrangement with somebody else, of course that woman's going to be mad with her or upset with her or bothered by it. She's going to be upset with both the man that she had the arrangement with as well as this other woman because I feel like, if we had a cold, sometimes I think the men they have a cold. Every time I met, <clears throat> excuse me, every time I met a man who saw I had a ring on my finger back when I was married, he didn't really pursue any further. He said, "Oh, you married," and then he would leave that alone, right? But we as women, they can see a man with a ring on his finger, and the the the, the cold isn't there. You know, why would you? get in a relationship, even if the man is approaching you, even if the man is soliciting you, why would you continue to pursue him or allow him to pursue you? And I feel like our code is lost and we need to bring that back. So I'm glad that you brought up that issue of sisters around the world. Thank you very much. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to respond to that before I move on to the next person? No, thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Robbie. Hold on. We're coming back. <clears throat> Takesha, slinging, slinging sex around the world. How you doing? I'm <laughs> good. So my whole point of view is basically different males that I work with, that I see on a daily basis. And they're, you know, young and old. Their main thing is everybody want to go to Brazil. And, I mean, like, they, like, get excited. They all, like, grunting, like, yeah, you know, we're going to Brazil. Fellas trip. I'm like, what's the point? What y'all going to Brazil for? They like, oh, the ladies, you know, they so beautiful. Okay, we got beautiful ladies here, but you know, like, really, like, 
be straight up and down with me. Like, what's your whole purpose of going? And at the end of the day, it's about chasing some tail. And I'm like, you do that here already. So, you know, what's the purpose of going all the way over to another country, you know, possibly catching something and then coming back and then you infecting your sisters over here? Like, what's the point of doing all that? But at the end of the day, it's just their immaturity. My opinion is their their immaturity as far as committing, regardless if they make more money, if they make less money. It's like in their mind they want to commit and they want all of the, you know, ideal picture as far as house, family, kids. But in reality, that's not really what they want until they're like all beat up and it's like, okay, I can't do nothing with you now. You just, you tore off, now you want to settle down type of vibe. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Absolutely. My plug came out. You you, you, you come loud and clear, and your point is very well taken. And that's and definitely- then I have a um friend now that's um dating a white girl, but he want a sister so bad. He 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 like man. He gets mad when he see a black woman with a white guy. I said, how can you be upset when you're you know? It's pretty much a contradiction. He's like, I understand. He's like, but at the end of the day, his availability as far as his standards is what he was saying is that there's no black sisters available, or they don't meet the criteria. I'm like, wow. Well, oh, what is this criteria? Oh yeah, exactly. Did he say? Did he say? What is this criteria? I, he didn't give me the detail, but he he broke broke some points down as far as you know if they are in college in college or getting a degree, then they real quote unquote ghetto. I was like ghetto, like you from the hood, like seriously, like what your mom, your your family member, your aunties, like so is that what you're trying to like run away from or like what's the whole point as far as you know being outside, being outside during. In my head, I have this theory that brothers who date white women, their confidence is lower than the other brothers, or like they don't feel secure enough within themselves to even approach a sister. And the reason I say that is because, just like Edra said about the struggle, and Robbie also said about the struggle, and then Robbie talked about the self-hate, we as um, we as a black people have had a certain struggle that we uh, have had to endure. And this right. is just real. This is, these are just facts. We, um, For instance, we have this thing called a, a healthy paranoia within the mental health realm. And <clears throat> as my that, that's my training and, and my profession as a social worker. But one of the things that we were taught in that training is that a black person has the right the ability, the responsibility also to be somewhat, at least a little bit, paranoid. If a black person does not have this paranoia, then they're actually unhealthy. Because how can you be a black person in this country and naturally just blanketly wide open trust white people, trust governments, trust systems, Um, you should have like a little chip on your shoulder. You should be a little bit, you know, hesitant. You should be like, um, you know, kind of, you know, when somebody comes up and want to give you something for free, you should be a little bit like, hmm. Whereas white people with their privilege, they don't experience those feelings the same way we do. If somebody wants exactly. to give for free, they're like, well, people have been giving us stuff for free all our lives. You know, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? And so they right. don't have a chip. 
So, for instance, when a, if he, your friend, approaches a sister from the air quotes ghetto, right, hood, whatever, mm-hmm. and she immediately, first thing she says is, you know, like she might shrug her shoulders or smack her teeth or do the chin check or whatever, brother, you know, because I think that you have to um, go through a self-healing to be at that place where you'd be like, hey, how you doing? Right? Right. right. Because, unfortunately, a lot of our sisters, you know, they, there's something they have to do. they got to put up some kind of wall. And they exactly. just, He did they say that. Often. And now all he has to do is he's got to be strong enough to climb over that wall, and every brother isn't. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So that's my theory. I think those brothers who refuse to climb the wall, those are the lazy, less confident brothers. And and all they have to do is climb the wall, and then they'll be right there in the fold. And the sisters will she take. She said he ain't got time for that. He ain't got time to climb the wall. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I'm sorry, you fall here. I got three degrees. I'm like, okay, and you know, time is an essence. I understand, but you know, you selling at the end of the day because you already broke up with this girl because specifically she wasn't black. Now you taking her back because she's just the best. You know what I'm saying? Candidate as far as you know, other qualities. About that though is. I think he'd be very hard-pressed to find a white woman who is willing to understand fully and accept the struggle. Yeah, that's what he said. That's the I only thing. He goes much to think is that she's white and she can't understand the struggle. I think oh, like, okay. black folk who dated white women, who white women call police on them. Differently from the exactly. sister. The sisters call the police when she ain't got no other choice. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't even want to call the police on our brothers, but sometimes right. to the point where you ain't got no choice. Like, he choking me. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or he comes to the right. house with a gun. You know, I, I ain't got no choice. I got to call some re- reinforcements in. If I ain't got no brothers, no cousins, no uncles, no whatever, right, I need exactly. somebody to help me with this. But we got folk calling. But I'm talking to brothers, and they're like, these white women, I'm sitting here calmly talking to her. I'm like, what's the problem? And she calling the police talking about, oh, and he has guns. You know, like just volunteering right. this information. Like, are you not watching exactly. the news? You don't see what happens to brothers when police come into the atmosphere, or, yep. um, or like they 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 give up or they they don't understand that one of the roles of a black couple is to kind of become in concert with your man and take on his philosophy and to work with him. And she she's like missing all of that, and so she's constantly still trying to tell him what to do. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be very opinionated on this issue, but uh, what 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 you feel about what I'm saying, sis? Like, <clears throat> I agree. As far as, you know, I think it's, it's different for each male. You know, you got some that do try, some that's just exhausted and tired of trying to keep running to this brick wall, and they're, they're, I think they're more so focusing on their biological clock clicking. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I don't have no kids. I ain't got this yet. I should have all this by this this time of age and I'm not there. I'm nowhere near close. So let me just let me just settle. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know, you settling, you still gonna crave. You know what I'm saying? Yo, your soul. Yeah, so it's crazy. gonna be a demographic um, clash because when it comes to music and, you know, different cultural things that you guys can't relate to, you, you gonna feel left out. But Say, for instance, if you, you you guys are together and there's another sister around and, you know, y'all conversating and y'all going in hard on the conversation, she can't jump in on that because she can't relate to the situation, the struggle, or whatever it is at hand, whether if it's music, whether it's a tragedy like 
she won't be able to fully engage because she right. just doesn't well, have see, the cultural thing, back. I think, I think the strength of a couple, what helps a couple to survive is their common enemy together, right? So if you look, if the couple decides, look, our common enemy is white race, white racist supremacy, supremacy, supremes, right? So if they look at that and they're like, look, this is what we're going to fight together. We're going to combat that at all times. Or sometimes the couples come together around Christianity or some other religion, right? Or sometimes they come around, um, the couples come together over, you know, maybe, and when I say other religions, there's all kinds of religions. There's satanic, right. you know, even um, not only Satanism, but also another uh, religion is uh, white supremacy itself, right? So a lot of times some of these people, or they might come together around money, so um, whatever. So he may have found somebody that they have that one unique thing in common. But eventually, because we are race first, all these other things, there will come a point in time when all these other things fall and it's going to come to racism. And then that's going to make the relationship harder. So all I say is that if brothers end up with white women, hopefully those white women will understand racism and be able to combat it. And I'm like I said, I'm hard-pressed. I have some really, really, really good white friends. I had a childhood friend who was Facebook friends with me now, a white woman, who, who she inboxed me out of respect, not to put it on my wall. But she inboxed me, what is, what's wrong with you? Like, why do you hate white people so much? She doesn't understand that I don't hate white people. What, I, what, what is going on with me is that I love black people, and I've loved black people all my life. They are my people. I am black. Right, and so we, right. as a child, she grew up with me. I've always been unapologetically black, but the thing is, the more you know about yourself, the more you grow, the stronger you get in it. So she and I, at one point in time, were maybe on the same track, and my track started going east, and hers started going west or south or whatever, right? And so now I'm like all the way in California, and her, she all the way on the east coast, and she's confused as ever. She's like, I don't get it. How could you right. be like this? Because she's looking at my wall, and my wall is like, I love black people, I love black people, I love black people. So why does I love black people have to equate to I hate white people? Because we live in a racist society, right? And so how do you get, so does that mean for your brother friend, does he have to end up hating himself, back to Robbie's point, in order to love a white woman, you know? I don't don't think it's more so of a hate, because, you know, his family, they, they get on him, you know, they make side jokes. I mean, because that's a black thing. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he don't care. Like, he's not going to, you know, be- abandon his happiness. I was like, but at the end of the day, you truly not happy because at the end of the day, you still want a sister. You just said out your own mouth that sister be shitting on white girls. But, <laughs> yeah, here it is. You're with a white girl. So what I, is, what I does can't. He say? What is he going to say that one day when the word nigger slips out her mouth or something like that? I guess we'll find out when we cross that bridge, right? <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Takesha. We're going to move on to, I think this is Kia. Kia. Yay. Hey, sis, I know you got some things to say for your I um, do. <laughs> I, I am so happy with the ladies that we all are. It seems we're pretty much on one accord, and everybody is um, pretty versatile with their dating life because um, first I have to say, okay, first I, I want to say that because only it's only been black men I ever heard say um, women don't know their place. 
black women don't know their place. Mm-hmm. So that starts us off. Off top, I'm always like, oh, Lord, here we go, because that it confines all of us. I'm, I am in the belief that um, we are all who we are, and nobody is to compare. You are the greatest you you can be, and you can only get greater or worse depending on which avenue you take. So I always like to say to people, nobody is better than me, nobody is worse than me, because we all get 21% oxygen out the air. That means we all on the same level. I don't care if you the queen. I don't care if you a regular lady from Chicago. We all get the same 21%. So whatever you decide to do with it is on you. That's it. So I can't stand. So I just happen to like to cook. I don't like to clean up. So does that make me um, in a woman's place? I, love, I cook you 50 meals in a week. I just love doing it. But washing dishes and stuff, that just is not my thing. So then am I not? Am I not a good woman? Am I not woman enough? You see how they try to confine you? You might be a really over-clean, cleanly person. And, I mean, outside of the me keeping my kitchen and my bathroom immaculate, I will always tell you that I will keep them immaculate. The rest of the stuff don't bother me. I have boxes of clothes everywhere. It doesn't bother me. So I'm just saying they, they, they narrow us down so much that it's almost sickening what a woman's place is. I think we stuck in... Um, over here, I did hear the lady from Brazil say they're in a patriarchal society. So are we. So are we. We just know that it's, we just more so know because we are, I think we are better read and educated over here. We have a little more freedom. We know that that's an imbalance because everything on this planet has to be um, imbalanced to function well. So we know that that's not a good thing to be in a patriarchal society. That's why we end up in the positions we end up over here. So one time I heard a, um, somebody say, um, you know, when you listen to these spiritual uh, guides that help you uh, elevate levels, I'll say. So I heard um, somebody say that um, men are here to heal and protect women, and women are here to heal and protect the planet. So we can't do that because we too busy trying to heal and protect them and then heal and protect ourselves and then our kids and so on and so forth, and then they still want us to come home, uh, cook clean, be overly feminine, and then after we come home from work and then give up the cookie. Mm-hmm. They they put so much on us, and it's constantly a point, point, point your finger, point your finger, and nobody wants to take accountability. One time I was watching Oprah, and they were it was on Cheaters. I know this is off on a tangent, but I'm going to go right back. It's, so, your, it's your tangent. Go ahead. You're on the stage. <laughs> so they had all these men on here who were cheaters, and it's the one black guy on there. His wife just happened to be a detective. So she found out he was cheating, and, and, and she went in, and she, she called everything up. So he said, Oprah said, well, why were you cheating? And he said, well, she come home from work, and then she got to mess with the kids, and then she got to cook dinner after she do homework, and then she don't want, after she don't, now after she come from work, after she came from work, <laughs> and now she's tired, she take her bath, and she get in the bed. And Oprah said, who makes it home first? And he said, well, I do. She said, well, why don't you? She said, well, why don't you do the homework with the kids, and why don't you start dinner and let her finish it when she comes home after she gets herself? She said, oh. <laughs> man, it was like, uh, man, I was so I was so embarrassed for the brother. I was like, oh, my God, that never dawned on him to help out. <laughs> he was too busy pointing the finger like, what well, she didn't do, she didn't do, she didn't do. Right. And that's why I had to go cheat because the other woman didn't work, and she was at home, and she was available. It, it never even occurred to him. Mm-hmm. So 
again, okay, the one brother that was sitting at the table, I just want to say this is why initially it was, I was. Okay, so you shifted, you shifted platforms now. You I'm, I'm back. Um, you moved yeah. to something else. Okay. Yeah, right. this okay. Back I'm sorry. The video now. Now, now I'm, 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 I'm helping the um, listeners because we don't have many people downloading this broadcast. All right, go ahead, sis. Okay. So I'm going back to the brother that had the sleeveless shirt on and the sunglasses. He was the drink at the table. This is why I went from being disgusted at the beginning of the video to being like, thank God. He was the hypocrisy in his statement. This is what he, that, that the men were saying. These women, these women over here take care of themselves, and they enjoy they enjoy us and so on and so forth. Well, first of all, the cost of living in Brazil is like um, 30% lower than it is in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, they rent is like 60 to 70% lower. So you give them $20, and they can do amazing things with $20. Cause they, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they yeah, can do that's amazing. kind of going back to Keisha's um, point about the money too. Yeah, yes, she was so on point. Then the other thing is he said they get to take care of themselves. They over here. Blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, because they don't have to work the kind of jobs we have to and then battle traffic like we have to and go through all of these other things. So that's putting him in a category of saying, okay, how did he say it? Okay, so first of all, they saying, like, we don't take care, we don't take care of ourselves. And, and then in the second breath, they like, we too materialistic. So this might, be, this might be our outlet. You might work hard, work hard, work hard. Then you want things that you consider great. So I mean, what is the what is the bad thing about that? It's, if she's materialistic with her own money, that's her own money. She worked for it. What what is the big deal? I don't understand. So he said. The, then the other brother said, "Yeah, we can walk up to them and touch their hair. That's a whole nother realm. We can walk up to them and touch their hair, and they don't want to jump." He he's. I know he was alluding to the uh, the fake hair that some of the sisters wear and things like that. Then did you see later in the video the sister was sitting there and she had a fake weave down to her butt? It was just too much hypocrisy in that statement. But I'm going to go all the way back to the brother I said with the sleeveless shirts and the drink. I'm sorry for swinging off. But he was sitting there. If you listen to him speak, he almost let holes slip out of his mouth like three times. I don't know if you all caught that. He had to keep catching himself because that's the quality of woman he's looking for, or that is his mentality. He was like, yeah, because the, the the women over here, the he like three different on three different occasions. So I'm saying that's why I wasn't mad at the end of the video. I was like, look at the caliber over there. He had like a low-key pimp Don Juan. <laughs> uh, attribute. They just kept. They just kept. Skew. You can only hide yourself for so long. And he didn't even hide himself at all. He just caught it a little bit and then kind of tapered it down. That was it. <laughs> that's like because I, go back like and watch I, the video. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's what he. I, that's what he's looking for. I say you gonna draw to you what type you are. That's what he's looking for. They over there looking for those type of women. I'm saying with the, with that specific type of hair. They're looking for a certain type of hair and what they consider aesthetically pleasing because of what we've been bombarded with and brainwashed with. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a certain thing. If they don't have to work, if they don't have to work eight hours a day and then battle traffic an hour before, that's ten hours gone already. You you drain by the time you come home. You burning up ten, you burning up ten thousand brain cells a minute <laughs> driving in traffic. Literally, you you burning this out, and then you want to come home, and he want to wine because he want cookies and a hot meal. I I, I want it too. I want it too, but I'm tired today. You mm-hmm. so they not they're not being fair at all to us. They're not. 
So I'm happy though. I'm happy those type of brothers are over there. They can, they can push them over there. Shiploads. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Let them go. Yeah, let them go. I'm down with that. You they can go. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. The die one. I just I just thought at the beginning of the video I was kind of like, oh, here we go again. But again, I think it's the male ego. I think it's the male ego that causes um that causes those rifts. And if those females over there have that like you always say, like the sister code, and they mm-hmm. understand that it's just um, them trying to be slick and pimping so they can uh, make those women feel like they're better than us. If mm-hmm. they had a low freak, if they had a low frequency like that, where they like, yeah, we better than American women. They they men want us, and it's nothing we are gonna be able to do about it until they wake up and and move to a higher frequency. They gonna constantly be able to get pimped out like that. So if that's where they want to be, we have to let them stay there. They, they, when they're ready to grow and open up, they'll grow and open up. But them grimy-type Negroes, they, they're not going to get them any help. They're going to stay low frequency because they're going to be waiting for them $20 handouts and thinking, do love them. No, we don't have time for that over here. If we if they start more businesses and we don't have to work as much, I'm sure it will be plenty of women who like to stay home and cook and clean and so on and so forth, maybe go to work um, two, three days out the week. But right now we're not there. We are mm. not there. It's 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 hard living over here. It's not so easy. We have a lot to combat between the housewives, the hula holla, and all the stereotypes we get bombarded with constantly. It's it's a lot for us. I think it's a lot. I agree wholeheartedly. I'm gonna pull Edra in. Thanks a lot, Kia. I'm gonna mm-hmm. come back to you. Edra, are you ready, sis? It's your platform. It's your opportunity. To, um better explain what you wanted to say about culture. I've noticed that the conversation has already started to evolve. All of our different 10-second check-ins are um, coming full. So it's almost as if we are all women. So first it's like each it's, it's, it's as if there's just one dot, one really big dot, and each one of us are speck within that dot. Robbie had a point. Takesha had a point. You know, I had a point, Malika had a point, and you had a point. And what's happening now is all of those points are coming together and ter- turning into one big, huge dot. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because because what's happened is, or what I'm starting to notice with this conversation is that these things, all of these 10 seconds are starting to come together. Like all of these check-in points, they're starting to come together, and it's making one big old gigantic point. Which is um, what? What do you think is that that collective point? We keep talking about culture. We keep talking about um, being respected. I mean, for me, and I don't know. Maybe some may not agree with, agree with me or whatever. But why do you care? You know, that's my whole thing. Mm-hmm. If they want to go over there and you know date Brazilian women, I could care. I, I don't care because. If I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do on my part as a woman, and I know I heard the sister say that she loves to cook and stuff, but she don't like to clean dishes and everything else. I mean, that's like saying, well, you got you a man, or as a man, I'll I'll come I'll work, but I don't like to pay none of the bills. I mean, <laughs> you can't have half of it, you know. And I'm not down in her, but you can't have you can't do half of it. You know, I I love to cook. I used to have a catering business. But I clean my dishes, too. I was married for 10 years. Me and my husband, or my ex-husband, rather, we didn't have complaints as far as 
um, financial issues or anything else, whatever, you know. And I was a housewife too. And I, and when I decided that when his when his mother passed, I decided that let me let him breathe. And I went back to work. And I still homeschooled my children. I still cooked every day. I still and I was in school and I worked a nine to five. Mm-hmm. So. I allowed him to have his moment and his time or whatever. And I gave him his time for six months because he was in a grieving. No one knows how long someone can grieve or whatever. But, but like, for these men that go over to Brazil, the assumption is that they're seeing these tropical Brazilian women. But we don't know that they may be seeing black Brazilian women. That's where the slave ships dropped off first, within those areas. So there are a lot of black Brazilian women. But well, yeah, I sounds like in the video they were, they were some black they black were black, but we didn't see, you know, so the assumption is when they're seeing these, you know, the the light, long hair, Brazilian women, they may be seeing black Brazilian women. And if they They are, all had, but sis, they all, they, there were some, there were some sisters and some Latins. There are some, they all some had Latin long ones. hair. They all but, had long hair. Whether their hair was real are, or not. But yeah. even if they are, then who cares? Because... You know, to go back and forth with the battle of, well, you know, they talk about well, we don't do this and we don't do that. Then look at it collectively. Do you constantly hear that? And yes, we do constantly hear black men say, well, they, black women don't do this and black women don't do that and blah blah blah. But we don't say, damn, let me check myself. This brother is complaining about what I don't do. Damn, let me check myself. Do I do this or don't I do this? Damn, I don't do this. No, I don't. Should I get tired when I come home from work and now he want me to cook and clean and all this other stuff? Hell, I'm tired. Well, guess what? This is what you chose as your man. And if this is what he expects, whatever, this is what he wants, then why not give it to him? Hell, and then you can get whatever you want from him if you do what it is that you need for him to do. Everything is real. We can complain all day long and say, you know, this is not right, but they're going to do this and they're going to do that. Oh, hell well. Get your stuff together, and you won't have no reason to complain about crap, period. You won't have no reason to complain. I've been there. I've done that. I've done the whole, you know, I've never dated outside my race. I don't, nothing can do me better than a black man. So I don't want another race, period. I'm not going to give another race a chance. I'm, I'm not interested. It doesn't turn me on. I'm so set. I don't even want an African man. I only want an American black man because, they do know my struggle, and I know his. But if he can't accept me for being a black woman, if he can't accept my faults, then, oh, hell well, you're not the one for me. And I'm okay with that. Because mm-hmm. when I came in this world, I came in by myself. And when I leave out, I'm going to leave out by myself. And if I have to be lonely for a little while, oh, hell well, I'll be lonely for a little while. But me to get upset that he's going down here to see this, um, these Brazilian women and everything else, I don't give two black asses. Because there's a lot of black Brazilian men or Brazilian men that want black women. And though I'm not the one that's going to give you a play, just because you're, you're, you're from another country, I'm that one. I'm not going to give you a play. I think you're cute to look at, but I'm not going to waste my time with you because you don't understand me. And you'll never understand me. No matter how black your skin is, you still won't understand me because our struggle is different. But and it is a I think you're saying. Culture. I think you're saying a lot of, like I had an off-line conversation with Takesha, and she was saying um, something a lot similar to what I just heard you say, too about um how the uh how we are supposed to mm-hmm. I'm I, I might have to think on that again. I'm sorry, I was listening to you, but girl. When I started listening, I forget what I was gonna say. It is a with a lot of culture as well. You know, I'm I grew up in Mississippi. I live in Chicago or I live in the Chicago area. And there is a difference. 
there's a difference between the city, the city woman, and there's a difference between the southern woman. I'm originally from New Jersey, mm-hmm. so there's a big difference. And my parents are from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I see how my mom catered to my my father. She catered to my stepfather. I've seen it, and I've grown up here, and I've been in the nation of Islam, and I've been in the nation of Islam down there. There's a big difference from the sisters up here in the nation, how they are very pretty, but there's a lot of divorces up here in the nation, opposed to the sisters down south, that the brothers respect what they do, opposed oh. to what they look like. So within culture, it's not just the the variances in culture between country and country, but even within our own country. Within our so own, so the, southern, the southerners versus the northerners. Like the it is it's a big. Southern women want to do more or cater exactly. more to them. It really see, is. See, since my mother is from North Carolina, mm-hmm. and so she's very, she has southern values, and she insisted that we did too, even though we lived in Chicago and mm-hmm. other other states in the Midwest. And she, um, and like she would never allow us to date. But mm-hmm. and so anytime I ended up in these relationships with men, then all I did was just do what I watched her do with my father, cater to him. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, but the thing is, it's my my mother. What I appreciate in her is that she's a nice balance, which mm-hmm. is what I hear in you and in Kia, the the sister who just called called in before. Matter of fact, everybody on our thread today happened to have that balance where they can they can give to their fellow, they can cater to him, but they also allow um themselves some 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 rights or opportunities or if you're not gonna you know. do it for me and you know period i'm like this everything is real I, can we curse on here or no yeah yeah well you know okay. well, <laughs> I'm I, think like I, this. I think i, I put the um, pc on but okay well mm-hmm. listen and i used to tell my, my ex-husband we talk and we still talk even when it comes to me dating somebody mm-hmm Point blank, my pussy don't get wet unless my bills are paid. So if you can't, if you don't have a job, or I have 10 million and one hustles, mm-hmm. if you don't, and a nine to five. So mm-hmm. if you, all you have is a nine to five and then you don't have no type of side hustle, whatever, we're not meant to be together. It's okay. I'm not the one for you. And I'm going to still maintain my household. I'm going to still make sure my children are taken care of. I'm going to still make sure my household is clean and everything. Mm-hmm. But I know me. And I'm not trying to lose myself behind you. And I've had men that wanted to be with me, um, one brother, beautiful home, five-bedroom home, in-ground pool. He had 10 acres of land, beautiful house. Anytime you're here, Ezra, you're a family. This is your home, blah, blah, blah. I just want you to just be here with me. I don't want you to work. I've been there, done that, and I've lost myself before in a man, and I refuse to do it again. And I appreciate the offer of taking care of me, but I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women, even maybe with the Brazilian women or women, period, who do do the 24-hour catering and stuff, sometimes you, you are trained this way, and sometimes you lose yourself in, in them because all you know is how to take care of him, and you don't even know yourself, really. And that is the advantage that we as black American women have. You get your sense of self. You get to find who it is and what you need to do, now, then you have your choice. Now, if you choose not to cater to him, then you have some consequences. But if you choose to cater to him plus be yourself, then it can be an all-around thing. It can be a great thing. But well, a lot of this, well, what I'm hearing you say, I'm, I'm starting to get a little confused. What I'm hearing you say is that we have to cater to our man. Like there's yes. Which you should cater but, to. Them. But 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 then you say we also are allowed choices. 
You and are. Like, like we're, and I'm also hearing you say that we are not all the same. We are not a monolithic group that black women come in different shapes and sizes and colors and ideologies and blah, 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 right? We're different people. And so as different people, like, for instance, when Kia say, um, I'll do the dishes, like, like I like to cook, but I don't like to clean up. So what would be awesome for her, right, is when she's looking for a partner to find somebody who's like, girl, I'll do all the cleaning. Just cook me that food because the sister can burn. I've tasted her food for real. Mm-hmm. Right? So then that would be a good fit for her. But then at the same time, I'm hearing you say rather, um, hold on, but the other thing that I'm hearing you say is women should do more, women should do it all. And, I mean, is I'm that fair, I'm not saying women though? should do it all. And you, but, you know, even when you pose the question, is that fair? None of this stuff is fair. You know, let's be real about it. None of okay. it is fair. You know, and we, and even if you go back into the days of the Bible and, and the Quran or whatever, yes, we have a lot of work on ourselves, and, and a lot of work is with the woman, and that's not fair. It is not fair. But that's what it is. But if she is, you know, if she is, is like the kid, if she loves the cooking and everything else, and her, her thing is that she don't like to do dishes, then truly, you know, a lot has a sense of humor. And when you ask for a man or a partner or whatever, you have to be so specific on what you want because he will give you exactly what it is that you ask for. And, you know, so you learn kind of the hard way. I had a friend who she wanted a man that could cook, and that's it. All he, he wanted, she wanted was a man that could just go down. And she got that. And he turned out to be a crackhead, but he can cook. He's a chef. <laughs> but he's a crackhead. You're a mess. And so... For Kia, you know, you may not like to do dishes and everything else, and that's okay. You know, uh, there's a lot of things I don't care to do. I don't, I don't give uh, all sacrifices of what it is. Oh, shit, for real? I'm a good three minutes, and that's about it. You know, I'm a good three-minute person. I can make you crack a drink I during sex, you, but I can't. I bet you there's a man who would be happy to clean for you if he knows that you were at least doing that right there. Oh, uh, see, see, but, for me, I feel like that's a prerequisite. You know what I'm saying? But see, like, even with that, you know, you, you and that, want. And see, that's, uh, that's my point of us being different people, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. for instance, I watched a movie once. This was some, It was a white a movie it was a white couple or whatever. But he mm-hmm. said, Hey, it's my birthday and so I'm gonna get some birthday head, yeah. And then I said to myself, Is he serious? Like she's mm-hmm. only doing that for him once a year? Like really? Just once a year? Really? Mm-hmm. And and and, and, cause, <laughs> and um you know, I, I I didn't even think that I was like, Man, shoot, you should be able to be in a relationship, but the, but the thing is, that goes back to your point of us being different people and us mm-hmm. finding some like that particular guy, maybe he was happy with that performance only happening for him once a year, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you know, we, we all we all different people. Let's, um, I want to put, like, I, I kind of want to go back to, let's see, best ways of handling this. We want to go back through the um, callers. We got a new caller on. I'm going to move on. Okay, sis, unless there's anything else you want to say. All right. So we thank you so much for your opinion. I bet Kia might have something she want to say about that too. Kia, real quick, you want to respond to um, what Edra said real quickly? Yes, I was cracking up. I was cracking up (laughs) at what she said because – I thought it was hilarious because, again, we all just built different. And yeah, actually, yeah. I happen to – it's funny because she said she has a sense of humor. It's funny because I really do love to cook, and my husband does not mind cleaning up behind me. I mm-hmm. love that. That was like a 
uh, that was like one of the top ten things why I said yes, I will marry this man. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was awesome and balanced. A good fit and for you. Mm-hmm. It is. And she came from a southern background, and I'm a nurse. So I'm out of the hospital now, but I'm inside of people's homes, and I have to see, I got to see more. Uh, I have to thank you, thank whatever um, brought this into play, but I get to see more um, the family dynamic in a whole bunch of different families, and I get to see the older women, and I get to see the older women who are constantly catering to their husbands, and mm-hmm. they didn't have enough time to cater to themselves, and they are broken down. They are broken down, a lot of them, and they are bitter. This is just my experience because they didn't get time for themselves. But the ones who had a nice balance inside of their house where they were like, my husband let me um, have free reign, and as long as I do this in the house and do that, whatever their contract was with each other, I find those women happier. <clears throat> their skin is healthier. They don't have the um, all of the, I call them the all-stars, like diabetes, high blood pressure, and so on and so forth. So where there's a nice balance in the home, like the sister said, I really appreciate that she said she knew how to um, go into play with her husband and let him grieve when he needed grieving. So she, she kicked it up a notch. And then maybe she came back down and had more time to do part. That is a marriage to me. That's a partnership and a balance. But the ones where it's specifically all about the man, I I, I find that um, women's health is it's going to fail because you're not going to be able to release, uh, release the emotions that you're supposed to and get yourself in balance with your partner. I, I believe that you're you're going to get sick. I'm, from from looking at this for the past seven years, being inside of people's homes, I've seen it. So if we if we stifle ourselves and and uh, we stay into those boxes that these men want to put us in, you're going to be in trouble. But and I see, do have a. Mm-hmm. Here's the weird thing: my mother, a Southern woman, caters to my father, but she never her catering to him was never at an expense of her. Right. Right. So, right. like for instance, I remember her telling me when you're when you become a social worker, you're going to have to make sacrifices, and and so there were times that I had to sacrifice certain things in order to be a good social worker. But I was okay and comfortable with that, even though I had children because I had a husband who was on point and available. Right. Mm-hmm. So she made sure that if one thing was going to be lacking, that another thing was put in that place. Yeah. So, for instance, if she was going to lack as a mother so that she can take care of, you know, her duties as a social worker, then it was okay with her because my father was there to pick up whatever pieces she would have mm-hmm. not been able to do. They mm-hmm. had, um, especially when it came to parenting, a very, very good partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Like she did not just do it all, ever, never. Did, but she did a lot. Don't get me wrong, she's done a lot. But what I meant as catering to my father is, like, for instance, I watched her comb and comb his hair, part his scalp, grease his scalp. I watched her, um, you know, love him. Like, for instance, he always took care of, still to this day, they're still married to this day, so it's almost 50 years now. Um, There's things that I think my father, I don't even know if he knows how to do them. He's a very, very intelligent man. He could read the directions and figure it out. But, like, when it comes to laundry, I I think that man has probably done laundry once or twice or maybe even five times in his, in his whole entire lifetime. He's in the 70s because my mother was right there. She's, she's on point when it comes to laundry. She's on point when it comes to this. She can't go to sleep if the dishes aren't done, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, my mother has never, I don't think she's ever scraped the ice off a car. Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. I'm sure she knows how to. Exactly. Because, again, she's an intelligent woman and she can read the directions, right? But right. he 
he'll go out there and he'll scrape all of the ice off the cars and he'll take, you know, but then there's been moments when, like, say, if he's out of town or right now he's doing a job that's where he's away from home. So she'll have to get up in the morning and do some of those things. And she's very, very capable because she grew up in the country. You see, not the country, in the country. You know, country women are, are very good at doing all kinds of things, right? But there's the balance, you know what I'm saying? Like she yes. was catered to him, but still there's things that they do for each other. They complement with an uh-huh. E. They complement each other. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's, and how, that's what I believe. That's how it has to be. If you lacking in a certain area or that's just not your thing, your partner, that's how you pick your partner, like the sister was saying. That's that's how your partner should be picked. You lacking here, your partner know how to do it. You all right. complement each other. I just think right. it, and it'll, it'll make things more harmonious. Yeah, exactly. If you if you're the kind of brother who wants to get head every day, ain't no sense in you being with a woman who don't like to do that. That just doesn't make sense. And again, be aware, be aware of your choices. I think this is where all of the um Malika, the, remember she started it off with that. I'm gonna bring her in. Malika, I'm 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 muting you. You can come in when you want. Remember how Malika said your choices shouldn't be my problem. Yeah, so I love you, that. That's a T shirt. So, so, like, going back to the oral sex piece, like, if that's what he really, really wants, then all of a sudden now I'm a bad girl because I I really, really don't want that, you know? Uh That... mm -mm. But be aware of that's what you should have been looking for in the first place. You know Uh what you want. Uh You've grown up about it, and that's what you go for. You know, as a grown woman, by now I know what I like in sex. So if I'm looking for a mate or a partner, if he's not into what I'm into, I know he's not an option for me. Right, 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 right. And I've had, I dated a dude where it was simple. It was like it wasn't even about the sexual act. It was the cuddling. He said, look, I, I was in an accident. You know, my chest don't really work the same. I had broken ribs. I don't like to cuddle. I don't do cuddling. I, 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 I said, okay, well, we're just not sexually compatible. We are not, because I do cuddling. Like, I can't go to sleep. I'm not going to fix the lay in the bed with you and not be able to touch you. I can't do that, you know? Right, so you're not going to waste your time mm-hmm. talking to someone who has right. told you, you know what, I don't like to cuddle, when you mm-hmm. know you really enjoy some cuddling. Mm-hmm. So we built for about six months, and then I let that go. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I tried it. I did try it. Bitter. Don't be bitter because no, you made no, a wrong choice good friends later. to stay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They do. They they make a specific choice for one woman. Like they might want a woman with um, straight long hair all the way down to her butt. That's what you picked her for. So don't punish the rest of us because you picked her and she didn't fit into the other categories of the things you wanted. So you want to come back and punish me later because you made a wrong choice. Take your time and choose well. That's what mm-hmm. I think they're doing over there. They they all want those women who are. Um, more catering to them, the brother sits up and said almost like subservient, and that's what he really wanted. He, sh- if that's what he wants, he shouldn't be embarrassed about what he wants. Then he can go find it's it's a woman out there who doesn't mind doing that. So mm-hmm. he should I'm gonna take shiploads over there. Goodbye. Let I'm let gonna, him go. Uh, okay, y'all. I'm gonna point. go. What what you say, Malika? I'm saying that's a good point you made. You know, be specific about what you want, but don't make it so specific that that's the only thing you go for, and then get mad. Uh-huh. I have a male friend now, and the past three or four women he has picked, they have all had the one, whatever characteristic he was asking for, he got. But then they would be lacking in everything else. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And when it doesn't work, he's like, I don't know what happened. So, well, that one you asked for great sex. You got amazing sex. 
but she was dumb as a box of rocks. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one, you wanted her to be more open in her sexuality and a little bit more intelligent. She was more open in her sexuality. She was also a freak and a whore, and you didn't want to deal with that. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. You asked for someone who could really cook. That next one was a great cook. It was uh-huh. also a little frigid in your opinion. I was like, uh-huh. dude. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 The problem is you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But see, you know, here's the weird thing, and I I don't understand. Some people learn through relationships. I just figured this out yesterday now, when I went to go talk with my sister who could read charts. And she's like, oh, yeah, Benita, you, mm, relationship. You know, and so then, but the thing is, I said, oh, my goodness. She said, you do everything through relationships. And so not just, like, the person I'm having sex with, but my friends, my family, my work, I identify or look at that scale through the lens of relationships. So I have learned more about myself in the midst of relationships. Now, all this time, I thought that this was everybody on earth doing that. But I don't believe that anymore that I spoke with my sister. I think that you, like, for instance, Kia may learn through reading or somebody else, you, Malika, might learn through hearing. Somebody else might learn through sight. Somebody else through touch, right? And so I I think my lens of how to learn is relationships. And I noticed that I did really poorly in my fifth grade class because I had a poor relationship with that teacher. So my grammar, that's when you learn grammar. I think my grammar is not as good as it should have been. But in classes where I've had a really good relationship with that teacher, I've done way better in class. Like I'm one of these people who I say, nope, I can't take online classes. I can't. I need to be in the desk in front of the person, making eye contact, building relationships. You know, I know that about myself. And the reason I brought that up, though, is because – this brother is reminded that you're speaking of. He's reminded me of me how the first relationship I was in, you know, he did um, X, Y, and Z, and I really liked that. But the one thing that he didn't do, you know, he wasn't good at communicating. The next brother I ended up with was good at communicating, but he ended up not doing X, Y, and Z. And I was like, oh, Benita, you goofy. <laughs> you know, you you traded in this for that, right? And you should have been holding on to, okay, so now I've realized I need a list. Now I want the brother to be strong, hard worker, you know, um, my list. I, all the good qualities from the first one and the good qualities from the second one, I want that all rolled up into one. But I had to go through those different relationships in order to understand that. You see what I'm saying, sis? Yes, and I, I think do. you make a really mm-hmm. good point. People do learn differently, and I think you are correct about my friend. I'm like, dude, you, you special. Well, now that he's gone through it maybe three or four times, I bet he's got it together now, though, don't you think? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pull some other people in, y'all. I'm going to um, mute your phone. I'm going to come back to you. Uh, another point that... I think it was maybe Kia made. It reminded me of something that my daughter said offline about the dude and the um so I'm gonna go to her. Rajane, are you still there? About the straw. She was saying, um, that the way the girls in in Brazil cater to the men. Rajane, you wanna talk about that? And if you need some more time to come back, because I know you're on the mute, I'm gonna go to Tanya, my sister Tanya, she called in. I'm gonna go to her. No, I can talk about it. Yeah, I'm Okay, yeah, go ahead, Um, please. He was talking about the straw. And first off, I just want to say, I didn't like the documentary mostly from an an artist 
viewpoint because I'm an artist. And when I see these things, it's really hard for me to turn off my, like, own view on things. So the first thing was, like, they used, like, uh, they used images you can find on Google in the beginning. And I'm just like, what's this bullshit? But about the straw, uh, he was talking about the straw and how the waitress came and she gave him uh, the drink and then she opened the straw and then put it in his drink for him. And I'm just like, do you want everybody in the United States to do that for you, to just open your straw and touch your straw and put it in your drink. I felt like that was very unsanitary <laughs> and just right. a really high expectation out of everybody to do that. Because for me, personally, I don't want you to touch it. You know, I don't want you to do anything like that. I'm just like, I'll pick my own straw. Thank you very much. So I felt like that was an unrealistic thing. Like, if that's the thing you're searching for, then as the people have already been saying, just go find that one thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. But, and I think the point that he was making is that he felt like a a woman's place, how he put it, and Kia noted that too, that a woman's place is to, um, like, lean back, shut up, and just serve. And I think that there's all kinds of points of service. And I remember um, my mother, your grandmother, she taught me about service very well. One of the things that, and she not only taught us about service, she taught us about service by doing it, actually doing it. So I had to, she said, okay, this is what you're going to do for school. This is what you're going to do for your club. This is what you're going to do for for work. This is your household chores. But what are you doing for service? What's your yeah. service? And so we had to, I yeah. had to do the service. And But service doesn't necessarily mean um not doing for a person what they can do for themselves. Like the way my the way my mother combed my father's hair. She didn't comb his hair every day. Oftentimes he combed his own hair. It was just kind of a loving act that she did every now and then, like maybe, I don't know, annually or every six months or something like that. She didn't do it every second. Yeah, I think, like you're saying, there's a difference in between service and what I felt like was service two, you know, it was, mm-hmm. there was a big difference in between the two things they were looking for and the things they were saying, like, Oh, really? really? So you felt like their, their, um, situation was, they was, there's a discrepancy between what they were saying, like they were talking in a confused manner? Yeah, very okay. much so. The okay. other thing about, um, like, the straw thing, but I felt like a lot of this, like, the women in the beginning, like, they first start off with the black woman in the beginning, and you have this woman, and I don't know where she's from, but she says, if I make six figures, I want you to make at least 75, and I was just all like, okay, but who do you know that makes that much, or are you making six figures now? And it's just a lot of these things that not just the men in this video are saying, but the specific two, only two black women that they have taken from the whole entire pool in the United States to talk about this. And I felt like they specifically picked people 
to just make it seem bad and just make it seem like Brazil is wonderful and these women in Brazil are wonderful and that you should all, we should all just go to Brazil, like just send all the men to Brazil. So there's things like that that I noticed, and I was just like, ah. Uh, yeah, like you were saying, the whole that. movie sounded like a commercial to you for the at most of it. Yes, like, the whole entire <laughs> like a, movie. Like a, I was, come to Brazil, come to Brazil. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to just say, like, like for the, the film to stop, and then they were just like, you know, they'll be like the Rio, the big Jesus, like women dancing with the big, like, fruit hats on. Brazil, come to Brazil. You can come here, you know. We had the conversation about how uh, that movie, the the mouse movie that you showed me when I was a little kid and how it's called, like, I don't remember the title. But American keep, Tale. American Tale, right? And I keep referring back to this movie when I think of this. And in the movie, you got all these little mouths, and they're, like, leaving Russia to come to America because there's no cats in America, and the cats were just really bad in Russia. And then they get here, and there's cats, right? So it made me also think about, like, well, what are the other problems that these women are facing in Brazil that you're not seeing because you're only here for one aspect of Brazil? And you're promoting Brazil, but you're not really there all the time. So you don't know these other things. And it's like I'm basically just bringing up other points that other people have said. But I mostly looked at it like this documentary is not a documentary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are no cats in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and the streets are paved with sheep. It's just that unrealistic thing. Like, there are no bad problems in Brazil. And all the <laughs> woman's hair is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's no disease and there's no races either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. that You're so on point with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to go to our friend Tanya, who always has me cracking up. Um, Sister Tanya, how are you doing today? Ladies, good morning. Excuse my tardiness. I had another engagement I needed to do when this conversation first started. Uh, my name is Tanya Bates. Um, me and B go back like bucket seats, <laughs> and uh, I live um, in Rockford. Um, I must say um, that sis, you know we got this, another fist uh, guide on the call too. Robbie, what you say? In the house, I said we got another fist guide on the call. Robbie's in the house. What's that? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> hold on. I'm gonna let you say hi to her real quick. <laughs> hey, Robbie, you still there? Okay, I'm here. Hello, beautiful. Hi. What's up? Hi. <laughs> okay. Um. So, B was adamant about me. Um. First looking at this documentary and then, of course, being on the call. And so when she and I were talking about it, I told her I was rolling my eyes so hard I could see my brain. (laughs) I have so um, just over this whole discussion. I feel like at this point um, people should have evolved and are grown up enough to not sugarcoat 
or, you know, try to make people um, figure it out. You should be adult enough to say what you want and then stick to it and don't um, adjust it because you think you're going to miss out on something. Um, You're never going to get what you want if you keep changing what you want just for the sake of having someone. Um, And as it relates to Brazil, um, you know, yeah, they can go down there and, you know, have sex for $3, and it's really great, and that's the thrill. Um, But I think it's very unrealistic. I mean, there's beautiful women everywhere, um, and, you know, you can go and see a beautiful woman anywhere. But I think that, um, you know, if you're going to show and tell about Brazil, you need to give all of the information so true educated decisions can be made. But um, I personally am tired of hearing, okay, well, black women do this, black women do that, black men do this, black men do that. I think we're all should be at a point where we know what we want, and through self-policing we can be clear about it, and then there's no misunderstanding. We can just do direct talk. Um, I heard one of the sisters say that she she cooks and her husband cleans up. You know, I dig that, you know, and that's an understanding that they have. Um, but if she had married him and she cook and he eat and then, you know, he be looking at her like, so you're going to holler at the kitchen? Okay, her fault because she didn't, you know, make that clear that, you know, you're going to holler at the kitchen when I'm done cooking. Right. Um, and and she, I think that she absolutely the, did. She ended up you marrying know? a guy who, you know, that that's one of the things she said. She said, I – purposely was I knew that this was the one for me because he didn't mind cleaning. You know, that exactly. was a, a strong so sign. She mm. was able to verbalize that and I think that's something that um we as a people are very afraid to do. I mean we'll verbalize on stupid stuff, but when it comes to things that can truly change our environment and our community, we shut up. And I think that's really now, sad. Let me ask you some questions, sis, because um uh I know you had you you know you came to the to the conversation late. So I want to ask you some questions of things that I know haven't been said to get your response on that, okay? Okay. Um, one of the things that they talked about on the call is men feeling very weak or insecure about making less money than men. What would be your position on that? As far as men making not, less not money than the, the women? In the, in the documentary, not the call, but on the documentary. About they, the men was, making less money than the mm-hmm. women? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's you know really the way subject- it's set up in this country. Almost uh, the way it's set up in this country, we have so many more women, women being the breadwinners more often than than the men in a relationship. And so they, he was um, making a justification for why the fellows are going to Brazil because they're not feeling strong enough within their relationships for okay. making less money. Do you have a response to that? Well, I do. First of all. Um, you know, when you get with the guy, his mama should have raised him. You you shouldn't have to do any raising. And if you're not secure enough in yourself to say, okay, this is my partner, and she's not, you know, competing with me, and we're having a partnership, so, you know, her success is my success, um, you're going to have this feeling of inadequacy. Um, I was married to a man for 15 years, and I always made more than him, but it wasn't something that I was like, you know, you lame because I make more than you. It was never like that because it was understood that what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. And, 
you know, I never made that an issue. But um, men going other places to um, get with women because they feel inadequate, it doesn't matter where you go. If you feel inadequate, that's something you got to deal with within you because wherever you go, that feeling of inadequacy is going to follow. Do you think, so, sis, do you think that this is a real situation, like men are really dealing with this? Like is this, um, do you think this is a one case, two case, or is this a, almost all of our men are dealing with this issue of the you know, pressure? It's of, not just black men, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. It's a man thing, period. And um, because this world is about instant gratification and all of these other things, um, you know, I interact, you know, because of my company that I own, I interact with a lot of men. And what I'm beginning to find is that, um, and I'll give you an example, um, I was, um, I had been uh, retained to write a grant for some uh, people in the Middle East. Well, you know, they don't play that. They they didn't want me to talk or anything like that. And at the time, I was married to my husband. And so on the conference call, you know, where we looked at each other and everything, they wanted me to sit by him and whisper in his ear what I needed to say to them. So, um, you know, I told them, I said, um, you know, my husband can be in the room, but he don't know anything. And they were like, well, we're not going to talk to you without him. So the second call, I was like, look, if you want me to try to help you get this money, he needs to leave and y'all need to talk. So y'all talk among yourself and let me know what you're going to do. Well, they knew that, you know, they needed my assistance, so they cut that stupid stuff out. So, you know, it's not a black thing per se. Now it's just a man thing. And I think that it is um, – like men are – in. I think I agree with you, sis. I think there's something innate within them. It's not just even part of their rearing. I think they come out the womb with this desire to – and um, you know, to steal something from Steve Harvey. I don't know if I think it's a womb thing. thing. I don't know if I think it's a womb thing. I think, I think it's a world do. thing. It's a world yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like every every man has this desire to want to provide or you know or take care of their family. Yeah. And it's that, a world that, thing. It's, yeah, not naturally, you know. Everything. Yeah, because this this world doesn't. Um, but it's a lot an harder on the black man because the world through racism. The world has de- the world is designed to cut up the black family and to and to break the black man down so that he can't do what naturally he is supposed to and wants to do. Right? Okay. Yeah. That's like one of but the best. In that ways. same token, in that same token, you know, there was a time when our family nucleus was secure. Mm-hmm. So intact family. This was You know. So my thing is, if we were able to have those things before. What has changed where we can't have that now? Like desegregation has really harmed us. But it's a mindset. It's a mindset. And it's, do you think we um, had less? Now I don't know the statistics, sis, but do you think we had less? De- do you think we had less divorce during when we were all segregated? Uh, yes, because I I've, I've pulled the census data and okay. it was only thirty percent. Back then, now it's almost seventy. Hmm. So it's not fifty like they report. It's almost seventy in the black community. So um, there is no big rush to get married. But one of the things I did, I wrote a white paper about how um, white people—it's like combing their hair. Getting married is just a given. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just a given. And they both could be ugly as a box of rocks and have two children, but it's a given to get married. It's not like, oh, well, we're going to get married or, oh, we're going to shack for 10 years. That's not it. They get married, like, period. Mm-hmm. And it always strikes me as very interesting. And so when I went and began to interview some of these people, um, they just said, well, you know, it's just kind of expected. And, you know, you have to breed an environment for what you want to see in your in your family and in your community. And um, that's just not bred within our community. I mean, I was raised with both my parents. My mom and dad did get a divorce, but they married other people. So our family nucleus was secure. But, um, you know, my mom raised me to be independent, but she loved my brothers. So she raised me to be independent. And I just thought that that did such a huge disservice to my brothers because she didn't raise them to be independent. She loved them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so now, now at 39, um, my one brother is married, but, you know, his wife is dealing with stupid stuff. So it's not until I call and go ham and cheese on him mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. she sees progress. And, right. you know, I shouldn't have to call and say anything. We were raised in the same house. And so, I mean, I really think that a huge part of it is this world dynamic. And it isn't just black people, but this world is failing. And so Does your you're mom meant have to, to raise feel like by herself? hopeless. So you're meant to your, feel hopeless. Was your mother raising your brother by herself? Like was she in a sing was she a single parent at the time? They're twins. And no, she had married my stepdad. I mean, she was married to my dad first. And then they got divorced, and then she married my stepdad. So no, there were always men. So there was there was there was a man in the home who should have been always to raise him yep. as well. Yep, and mm-hmm. they shouldn't have they shouldn't behave the way they do because both men were strong. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so I, well, and and it may not be the fault of your parents. It may be the fault or mother and stepfather. It may be the just fault the climate, of media the climate. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, All just right, the so, climate. Okay, well, let me. You know, I, I want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit and get back to our um, agenda, which we actually do have. Uh, um, we've done introductions and we've um, given each member an opportunity to go through their things. I did have those questions that I asked of you, and I, I'm going to go to the other callers and see if they would like to answer any of those questions. But before I move on, I want to make sure that things are agreeable between you and I, Sister Tanya. Is there anything else that you want to add or say? Before I move on to ask the other sisters' questions, I'm going to come go to... Um, yeah, the only thing that I want to say, and this is probably going to make me sound like Uncle Tom, but I'm tired of the discussion, to be quite frank, because it's one of those things where I feel like we need to play a violin. I, I mean, I'm sure you sisters are as well. I'm tired of the discussion, because if there is no progressive movement to make the change, why are we still talking about it? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You're not in um, alone with that thought because we had Sister Edra on, and she said the exact same thing. She's like, "Why? Like, why? Why do we even?" I care? told you that before going, you even did the call. <laughs> he said, "Why? Why? Why? Why do we care that they're going to um, Brazil?" And then we had our sister Kia on, who said, "Well, look at the caliber of the man who's actually going out there. Exactly, you know, he's not the kind of fellow that um, you would want anyway." So. We're going to move on. We're going to come to you next. Um, we're going to 
Robbie, we're going to come to you, and then we're going to go to Takesha, and we're going to basically, you know, go through the line and ask the questions of that I also posed to Tanya and see if you all have a response to that. Thanks a lot, sis. I'm going to come back to you. Hold on. Okay, Robbie, are you there? No, this is Malika. Malika, you have any um, – would you – hold on before we get to Robbie. Malika, do you have any responses to those questions that I asked as to Tanya? So first I'd like to say hey to my fellow sis guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Malika. I didn't even remember that you went to school with us. I'm so pathetic. Okay. No problem. <laughs> um, I'm loving the discussion, and I'm uh, agreeing with the women, the other women. Um, I too get tired of the discussion topic because um, it doesn't seem to change. Nothing seems to change going forward, and it still seems to come back to a lot of times the black man saying was basically your fault, black women, and the black woman going, either what can I do to change it or why has it got to be my fault? I don't blame everything in my life that's bad on you. Um, I do think that one of the issues, because sometimes you listen to brothers talk and they're talking about how hard this society is on them, and I get the impression at times that they don't recognize that society, the American society is also hard on the African-American woman. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the um, what do you think about the question of money? Like the fact that, see, I, I honestly have this, this is not a theory. This is just a reality as I see it. Like I had said when I was um, asking Tanya the question of the, the fact that, we, the white supremacist systems give black women these crumbs that they refuse to allow black men to get. And um, and then when the black man is not allowed to get these crumbs, and, and I think some of our sisters don't understand that you were only allowed these crumbs because it helps to perpetuate or further harm our brothers, right? Because what it does is it instantly breaks down the family. So, I think it's one of those things where um, I was married for almost 20 years. There were portions of my marriage where my husband made more than me. There were okay. portions where we made the same. And there were portions where I made a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and with How the did you all deal with that? Um, it was never an personally. issue. Okay. It was never an issue. The money went into the same thing. It was never, ever an issue. So, you, Is your husband the head of household? I mean, do you look at him that way? It depends on what decision needs to be made. Okay. Um, if we were so making you, you operate more as like a partnership. Yes, we operate more as a partnership. During certain times in our marriage, we move following his career. During certain times, we move. We typically move following my career because my career is tech. Mm-hmm. I used to work as a chemist or an engineer, and he worked as an account. He worked as an accountant, mm-hmm. so it's typically easier to follow my career. But sometimes we did move to follow his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm noticing now that my marriage is coming to an end and I'm looking out that there are more men, that there are a significant number of men who have an issue with when I say what I do. Mm. Um, and they go right into, well, you must ma- must make a lot of money. I don't know what that means. I don't own the companies which I work for. So, <laughs> you know, I'm working for a paycheck like they're working right, for. Right, right. You're on the plantation just like everybody else. Right, like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's something you have to deal with internally. 
if as a male you are going to feel negative about yourself if your mate makes more than you, then you have to censor your dating pool. You can't get mad at me for making a bigger paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still using that paycheck to take care of children. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense for you to think that I should censor my career growth or my entrepreneurial desires so that I will make less money than you when we still have kids to raise. I've still got children to put through college. They've still got to eat. I still want them to live in neighborhoods where they go to good schools. Mm-hmm. I still want them to have the best opportunities. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, at the same time, then I have to determine myself, okay, what am I going to be happy with? If, I, if I'm going to be the female who can only be with the man who's making what I'm making or more, then I have to be aware and censor who I'm dating. If I'm going to be open to him making less than I'm making, what does that mean? Can he Are make you, half um, a third? I was talking to another brother, too, the other day, and he was telling me, no, almost all these sisters out here I've ever tried to date, they all want to make more. Like, they don't consider a brother who's making half, or like if they in the hundreds and the brother is making like forty or fifty thousand, they don't consider that to be a good brother. I'm like, what? Who, who's you? I don't understand this. Who is he? But, where is he going today? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because I, I think almost everybody on this call, if he's a decent brother and all the other things fit up well, the money's not the other issue. Let's let's pull Takesha in here and see what she has to say about that. Um, sis, are you still on the? You you still with us, right, sis? Yeah, I'm still here. And I wanted to pull you in because I know you and I offline had had a conversation about the money as well. So do you think that uh, – what 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 would be your responses, like, to a brother who is, um, no, nah, I can't get with you because you make more money than me? Um, At the end of the day, if that's how you feel, then I'm, that's your loss because if I'm okay with you making less money than me and your ego won't let you be okay with it, then you're pretty much at the loss and it'll be unfortunate that we can't, you know, explore this relationship and see what it turns into. So you rather lower your standards, in other words, you know, settle. I don't know if you guys ever think that commercials are settlers. (laughs) Like, basically, you'll be settling for... You know, you're not up for the challenge because you've already, like, made yourself fail. Like, you, you, you're you not even going to even try to make money. It's like if you are making less money, have a side hustle. Like, be a go-getter. Like, I'm going to do 50 million gazillion jobs to do what I have yeah, to like do to make yeah. sure that I, I mean, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm able to do my, my four trips a year. I'm able to travel and my kids can travel. Like, at the end of the day, just have that mentality of go get it, regardless of if your woman make more money than you or don't make more money than you. Like, there's no point of you running to Brazil because they don't expect much. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, they academic um, is way different from us, and they don't have to. They struggle is not American women struggle. So, what we expect and what they expect is definitely going to be way, way off the grid, so they're not going to expect as much because, you know what I'm saying, they, they don't have much and it don't cost much more, mm-hmm. that much more over there than it does here. So mm-hmm. for a man to just be like, oh, well, you know, she makes too much money, you know, they get intimidated. Like, you, you don't have, have friends. Do you have any sister friends, Takesha, 
who say that? Like, do you have any friends? I Anybody do. You know I, they, who say, no, nah, I can't get with him because he don't make enough money. He make less than me. I have a friend. I have a couple of friends that sound engineers. So, you know, engineers that make really nice money, you know. Sadly, unfortunately, they're um, either divorced or going through a divorce. And it's like now trying to get back into the dating scene, and it's like the ex- the expectation is like, okay, like, I need this guy to have X, Y, Z. It's like, why not find love, I would think, find love first and take it from there. Because at the end of the day, if you make it all about money, then it's, it's I mean, yeah, it, it matters because, you know, you got to pay stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's as important financially. Finance. Are they are those sisters willing to get with other men, like men of other races or men of other nationalities, to meet that um, money? You know, they haven't they haven't stepped out as far as race wise. They have not stepped out as far as race wise. I don't even know if that's a concern. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's more so just trying to find somebody to you know the curve the loneliness or be able to just up and go out, just, you know, just a companion, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, some days it's like, I need a guy that make this X, Y, Y, D, and then some days it's like, okay, there's so many days that I feel lonely, and I was like, okay, I'll just settle for, you know, whoever's available type of thing. And that's why it's like, well, you know, take this time to, like, figure out what you need, what you want, focus on your kids, so you can have some closure from the last relationship. And just, you know, find yourself. This is an opportunity for you to find yourself. I mean, personally, in my opinion, you know, I think when um, we renew our um, our license and we renew our plates and all that, mm-hmm. you know, we have to go and activate all that stuff or you get a penalty. I think, personally, we should have the option to renew our marriage license, like, straight up. Because <laughs> some days you'd be like, okay, I invested all these years and, you know, y'all probably going in a different direction. So mm. I think that should be a uh, <laughs> that should definitely be an option, renewal of marriage license. <laughs> like, you know what, Judge? We just gonna call it quits here. You know what I'm saying? No, no bad vibes. You know, <laughs> it's just not, not working out. We knew, right? Instead of <laughs> well, because the divorce industry, they would lose a lot of money if all you had to do was renew. Exactly. And then what? And then what about those folks who are lazy and they don't get to the renewing on time, and then they end up, you know, I guess you could just it's, pay a, a late fee. There's people that I know that's married. That's um, they haven't been with their spouse. They've been separated for years, but they still just legally haven't gotten the paperwork done. And they're in a relationship with other people. That person wants to move forward, but you can't because you're still married to the last person, and you don't know what the person is. It's like, what's the holdup? Like, why why are you procrastinating? Oh, why? If they don't know where the person is, and they can divorce through. It's um, easier. It's even easier, right? Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. People, you know, we we could talk offline about that, but you, they can they could divorce off of um they call it the newspaper publication is the word they use, but I could teach you all of that, or you know I could we could talk about it offline, but that's definitely a way, definitely. But yeah, I just it's, so money it's very money wise. Well, let's um pull somebody else in and ask about money. Let's see, Robbie, do you have uh, any concerns about money, or do you think that our brothers who are insecure about how much money they make. Do you think that's um I don't know, rationale or good reason to go with another race or another country or or is well, this a real thing? Well you know, 
I, I believe it's a thing, um, you know, because obviously those men on that video let us know that that's a thing because they seem to bring it up. If it wasn't a thing, they wouldn't have brought it up. Um, and it's, it's sad to me that, you know, that that's how they feel um, because, again, a relationship is whatever you make it. Um, exactly. And I, think, and I think that what it is is that, you know, the African-American community is a microcosm of a bigger issue that's going on in America, period. Um, and we just need to be flexible in that situation. I mean, there's plenty of white families that I meet them, and it'll be like, oh, she's the breadwinner. Wow, that's what's up. You know, and I'll look at the way they interact, and she's the breadwinner, and it's okay. Um, you know, so it's, America's dealing with this already. It's just that we're always like the guinea pigs and the first group in America to deal with all the messed up stuff first, it seems like. But um, with that being said, I think that money, you know, if – like I think a lot of us on this call have said, if you have a preference, that is okay. If that's your preference, so be it. If I'm a woman and I'm like, I'm only dating a guy who makes more than me, that is your preference. Good luck. That seems that if you if you've made your list of five things that are most important you in your marriage, and if that's number one, okay, that's number one. I, I can't agree with it, but whatever, that's you. That's number one for you. Okay, but you have to make your priority. You have to make these are things that are important to you, and if that's the case, that's what it is. If it is important to a man to be the breadwinner and to make more than a woman, then that's fine. That That's great. It's okay. I don't believe that you got to run to another country for that because there's plenty of women around here that want to be saved, you know, um, but... <laughs> Whatever, but I get that they're saying this. They want a beaut, a woman that's just completely beautiful, and you know, and 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 just to their to what they believe is beautiful, and this and that. Exactly. It's plenty. Of, let me say, it's plenty of rich men here in America. Okay, that they will go find a woman, and that however they want her to look, they'll make her look that way. So you just trying to get that on your little budget. So that's why you got to go to Brazil now. <laughs> Now, the thing is, is that with that, I think that for me with money, you know, um, I've probably been in different types of relationships. I I don't know. I feel like I'm one of the only people on this call that has never been married um, and is not married and, and, you know, and it's been living that single life. And so I have been in these discussions and, and been in those situations with men, and I've had the discussions about, you know, men that come into the table like, you know, on guard, waiting on me to be a gold digger and waiting on me to make these things yeah. an issue, you know. But I've, I've stood my ground. Look, I like what I like. If, if, you want, if you want to call it traditional and archaic, you know, that's fine. I don't have to have a man that makes more than me, but, but I do have to be taken care of. And if you don't have enough knowledge about the interaction in a relationship to be able to take care of someone without money, then you're not the guy for me anyway. Because there's plenty of relationships out here where a woman feels secure and taken care of, and it has nothing to do with him making more money. She feels absolutely secure and, and just like, oh, you know, like even the whole thing, I, I you know, someone mentioned the cleaning the, the snow off the car and blah, blah, blah. Man, I if I had that right now, what? <laughs> you know, Detroit answers. Right, you know what I'm saying? I'm so over that. But you know, like yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm making eighty, he making forty, who cares? We're still living well, not to mention that a lot of times what women don't get is that 
those positions that these men have that don't make as much, they offer things that your position can't offer. Look at the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I want, right. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be honest. You know, the, the bus driver, you know what I'm saying, his benefits are way better than I'm getting in corporate America. I know that's right. <laughs> Let's let's do this because I'm gonna need to go to the doctor and I'm gonna need to pay two dollars for my prescription. You know what I mean? Like it cost the four dollars with this corporate crap. You know, whatever. But it's just like you have to look at everything that's brought to the table. Um and I think that they are this this video is very misleading because I know so many women like us. And then I do also know so many men that are okay was not being the breadwinner, you know, and still feeling, still finding a way for each person to feel respected in the household. It it does exist. You know, I just think that um, these group of men, for whatever reason, they want to go to Brazil. But the thing is, is that if you want that traditional woman so much, then move there. But how about this? Oh, you can't move there because you need that American money to be able to afford those things there. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I noticed in the video. Like almost all the men being interviewed were interviewed at some kind of restaurant or something like that. Like they don't have a home down there. Mm-hmm. No, I, it didn't seem like it. And I know some of them maybe one, do guy, have... one guy who moved there. He said, "I've been here for fifteen years or twenty years or something like that." Like okay. for whatever reasons, he didn't. Feel, they didn't feel comfortable being interviewed in their home or a home-type atmosphere, they were interviewed at these restaurants right. about background noise and, and stuff. And this is the thing that was interesting. I wanted to see one of them, like, hey, this is me. Here's my Brazilian wife. We got married whatever years ago, blah, blah, That didn't happen either. Mm-mm. You're still like, just dating. So it's like, what are you offering them? I mean, you know, you're not even really – prove to me that this is just really best for you, and that's fine. Culturally, if that's what's best for you, that's great. I don't have a problem with that. Again, I think that – this is a I'm tired of the issue, too. Now, that was the other thing we all agree about on the song. We're tired of the issue. It's becoming to be like it's ridiculous. If we aren't going to do anything about the feelings that black women and black men in America have about each other, we aren't going to do anything about changing those feelings and, and coming up from under the uh, issues that we have. Like the, one of the major issues is loving a son and raising a daughter. But, I mean, you can see it. I mean, because of slavery in the U.S., how slavery went in the U.S., they had to do that. You had to protect a man because he was getting lynched every day. Mm-hmm. And we could maybe go out and work and, you know, they would be happy to be around us and we could go out, we can be sent out to do things, and they couldn't. So it's just it's systematic. It, it keeps going on, and it's just evolving and showing its ways and, and showing its head in different ways. But if we don't want to really address those issues and do anything about those issues, then let's just stop talking about it. You go to Brazil, get you a girl, you know what I mean? I'll find men that, that, you know, that I like, and maybe I might have to go to another culture or whatever too, whatever, and everybody just let it go because it's it's no point if you're not going to do anything about it. And the only thing we can do at this point is to try to raise our children in a better way to be able to love each other effectively. Uh, sis, you um, are interested in discussing solutions, and ap- absolutely, Benita Asset Fashion is definitely interested in discussing solutions. Uh, um, one one of the solutions I feel like that has been brought up re- repeatedly on this call, it reverberated throughout this call, is so what? You know, those who want to do that mess, do that mess, and those who don't, don't. 
right? So that's one solution. But let's go to um, an- another person, too. Keisha, do you have any solutions? And then next we're going to come to you, okay, Kia, and hear um, about I would say definitely keep talking about it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about awareness, you know, because, you know, some people are not aware that that's what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like even when I think it was um, Malika, uh, Malika that was mm-hmm. saying that she saw the Oprah show and the guy oh, that was, that was saying was about Kia, her, yeah. her husband, then, you know, Oprah asked him who got home first, and he was like me. He was like, oh, you know, it's just if it's not being said to them, then they consciously they don't know because they just, they just doing them. But it's like once you bring it up, like, oh, you know, like, we got beautiful women here that's educated, you know what I'm saying, or just encouraging, you know, black men to want to further their education and want to just do better and meet, you know what I'm saying, like meet me at the in the middle at least. So I definitely would say um, constantly um, having, you know, bringing it up as far as awareness. So definitely constantly keep talking about it. Like I don't think that should go away because it's not – getting executed fast enough, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it takes time. You know what I'm saying? Nothing happens overnight. I mean, they constantly bring up about awareness about AIDS, about breast cancer. It's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So definitely so, um, awareness. So and awareness about black family relationships or awareness about relationships, period, or relationships about oh, Awareness about, um, you know, why is it such a big issue for them to leave the U.S. to go to Brazil? Okay. Okay, why such a big issue to leave Brazil? Kia, do you have any solutions that you would like to offer? Um, Or or any comments based on what the other sisters are saying? I mean, I'm sure you got plenty of thoughts rolling around in your head, and I'm giving you the floor. I do. Um, So first, I'm in agreement with everybody, but I just want to say real fast, they had a an experiment where they did um, on mice, and they gave mice an aversion to peppermint oil. I don't know if anybody knew about this. So they gave these two particular mice an aversion to peppermint oil. So they didn't do the experiment further. So the, the two initial mice had babies. Their children came out with an aversion to peppermint oil. As those children had mice children, uh, children, had children, their children came out with an aversion to peppermint oil. So I'm saying all that to say um, a lot of stuff is deep embedded in our DNA, and we need to reshift it. Now, we didn't even have this conversation 50, 60 years ago because men were the breadwinners of the families. Now, along with that came, you knew that was the only way you and your children were going to eat. So you had to put up with more things. So it's a lot of unspoken uh, illness, mental illness in the black families that we had to deal with. So at that time, they had to deal with um, the husband having multiple women, um, the husband molesting children, molesting their children, and so on and so forth. With this shift in black women being able to get education or go out and seek further education and have better careers and able to provide for ourselves um, more so without the help of the man. Now we have a voice to where we're saying, well, I don't need your money, and I don't have to deal with your BS. I can move on and take care of myself until the right one comes. This is where this conversation came into play. We don't have to deal with the bull crap. 
That's what it is. So now it's like that whole, the whole independent woman drama type of thing. Like, I, don't, I don't need a man. I make so much money. Yeah, it's it's, it's so. And, and media like has that. helped support that. We've got all kinds of songs out there. Like I want an independent woman, like Chris Brown, and what you call it. Um, that was a. Uh, Jamie Foxx making that song, I think. And then then you had the Destiny's Child, Soldier Woman, and or no, they like, a, I can't remember the title of the song. And then Beyonce all by herself. Like the media helps to perpetuate these lies about us as a people. I don't think every woman is even like this. It, and it's to the fact that we... We they have to step it up a level. No, we're not gonna tolerate you having some some of us women. No, we're not gonna tolerate you having multiple women. No, we're not gonna tolerate you abusing or harming our children. So now it becomes a problem because we don't have to deal with it. So I'm just saying that either they step up or they step out. So we're not gonna take a we're not gonna take a poor quality man. Um, most of us. I'll say some of us will still deal with it because I did work for DCFS. Some some women will still deal with it, but on the mass majority, um, if you're not going to get it right, I can go out and still see myself, and I don't think that should be a problem. But see, um, and, that's, and that's the thing. I had said that earlier in the call about the renego- renegotiating the relationship. Yeah. So if, if you look at a relationship as an agreement, like you agree to do this and I agree to do that, or very simply, sometimes the agreement is just we're going to be together and you're not going to be with nobody else. Sometimes that's mm-hmm. all the agreement is. But if the agreement is broken, then what? Am I supposed to continue to be with you and just continue to be with you? Because the ultimate, the ultimate loss when you're in a relationship, what the agreement is is us. You have me, I have you. That's it. Boom, we together, right? So then if you break the agreement, then what's supposed to happen? We uh-huh. either renegotiate the terms or uh-huh. we quit the agreement. Like I, I, and it's the same in business. It's the same in in work. Like if I go to the company and the company asks me to be there at a certain time and I keep coming at like two hours later every single day, eventually they're going to either renegotiate the terms with me of the employment or they're going to say we don't need you. We're going to terminate that relationship. You are no longer mm-hmm. an employee of this company, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I think when it comes to these relationships, yeah, it's a, you know, there's a lot of wins and some whatever, but it's also about it's a it's a partnership, it's a business. You know what I'm saying? There's there's an agreement, there's a contract going on here. That's what this. I agree. Right. They so it's because the, so um, honoring. So maybe another solution is honoring contracts or honoring agreements. Mm-hmm. You know. In all the types of relationships that we're in, if you can't, if you don't have the strength and capacity to honor that agreement, don't get into a relationship that that where that agreement is important or vital or crucial. I did think it. Was, I did think it was unfair too. Um, again, I, I'm in Jamaica like three, four whole months out of the year. I, over there, I can shop off twenty twenty five dollars a week and feed me and my husband. Whereas mm-hmm. over here, that'd be very hard. <laughs> Mm-hmm. To me, that would be very hard. So I think they just did that. It was unfair. I agree with the ladies. It was kind of all over the place and um, biased at mm-hmm. the same time on how they did that. It mm-hmm. was very tackily done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's 47, basically it. 47 minutes. Now, what what's the collective? Because the only thing that I wrote down for your ideas on um, – was honoring agreements, and that might have been my idea, not yours for solutions. So, so far on our solutions list, we got so what, let them do it, awareness, 
you know, to increase the awareness, like Takesha said, you know, why, 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 and answering those questions and having conversations about those questions and honoring agreements. But what what you going to put on the list? That is my, I, I, again, I'm going back to my original, The that quality, that quality of man and that um, kind of pissed out mentality and having multiple whatever they got going on, let them go ahead. We don't want, we don't want them anyway, not the caliber of women I've messed with. We don't want them anyway. Because he looked like a, you know, the way he was speaking, it, it was a undercover pimp talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was basically, so he's the first one, I'm going to say, say, I'll send money for him to stay over so he doesn't breed more children over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Tanya has something that she wants to respond to you with. I know no, it, it, isn't, it isn't so much a response. I'm just going to share something my grandmother said, and you know how all of our grandmothers will cuss and then say that's not cussing. But um, <laughs> she got, you know, she got me and uh, my one other girl cousin, because everybody else is boys, but um, you know how they can't say, you know, them 13 and 15, $20 words. But she sat us down, and I was a teenager, and my cousin was in her 20s, and she said, now, you know, Y'all going to want to start dating, and you may want to get married, she said. But, you know, at least every six months you need to, you know, get your nigga appraised because he may not be worth shit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's, that's what she said. That's what she said. She said, now listen to Grandma. This is that what goes you back do. To, that goes back to, to Keisha's point where she said he needs to have a, a license renewal, right? <laughs> you know, and... And, and and so, you know, that's what she said. And so, I, you know, I think you should put that on the list, B. And, the, you know, appraisals. We we need to get appraisals every year. Um, but the other thing is, you know, on the list, it changed teams. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't agree with that, but that's what you... You'll that's, be that's, all right. You'll be all right, because we know you blacker than black, black, blacker than black, black, black. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if if you're sick of them... Change teams. It don't hurt. Oh, yeah, if you that kind of woman. Right. Did you say you that kind of woman? No, 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 no. I say it's just, I think that might be um kid with the background noise. I'm going to um, mute her phone. But, but anyway, that that's another solution, you know. Um, change teams because, you know, it, you can see what else is out there and you can see, you know, different types of treatment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you may be surprised and 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 find exactly what you want. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Right. Okay, I'll go back on mute. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna go back around. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go to uh, Rajanae, daughter. Yeah. Do you have any solutions for the for the people? For you know, what what do you think is the answer to this? An answer. An answer, like, or is there a necessary answer, or do you see any of these things as a problem? Like, you were the product of. Okay, let me let me share this real quick. So, you were my daughter, the product of the marriage that I had, or the product of that relationship, and um, I think a huge part of the struggle between your father and I, it was. He did make less money than me, and it never bothered me at all, but I think it really did bother him. And so he was warring within himself on how to deal with that, and some of the choices that he made to help him feel better was 
not comfortable with me and it was not in concert with the agreement that he and I had made. So ultimately that led to um, the dissolution of our marriage. Now, um, and I, I remember how hard he would work to try and make some money. And I remember days that he would go and help people move or all his little side hustles, and he'd spend the whole day making, helping them move, and then they might pay him like $20 or something like that. And even though that's all he made, he was just so happy with making that money to the point where he was um, he had a good day, and then he had a good day, and the whole family had a good day. So he didn't have to make a lot, and I was very happy with that situation. A lot of my good memories were of him just spending time with you all, like playing with your brother or spending time with you. Like I remember many times y'all laying on the floor and him holding you all and stuff like that. And that that um, never once did how much money he made or brought to the table question. Did I question our relationship based on that? The other thing that I noticed very quickly is after our relationship dissolved that um he was uh that that what he did bring to the table was highly valuable to me for instance i had um i noticed right away that the his contribution caused my money to be more than what it really actually was, so it's what he did was stretch the money. Like I remember very well um, when we were separated and he came he came into the house one day and I was trying to change the locks by myself. He's like, what, you changing the locks? You know, we had been separated for about six months and I just could not take any more of him keying in um, unannounced. I just couldn't do it. So I changed the locks. And I remember him saying, what you doing? You changing the locks on me? You trying to do this without me knowing? You know, and all that stuff. But then, and and it took him a few seconds, but then he calmed down. And he's like, but it's starting to get dark. You need to hurry up and get this done. You know, change these locks because this is dangerous. You can't have this door open like this with my kids in this house. And so then he started messing with it, and he couldn't do it either. And so he picked up the phone, and he called his friends, and they came over and changed my locks for free. Um, even though he knew he would not be able to come into the home anymore. And it was like his, um, and he used to do stuff like that the whole entire time we were married. But then after we were no longer married and we were separated, he stopped doing those things. Like when the the roof on the garage was falling in, he just went out there, um, strong-armed the the roof, took the the roof off, no problem, and then turned around and got all his friends to come and help. And I think the, the only thing that I had to pay, you know, financially to help get the roof fixed was um, our monies we put into it was just the material to get the roof fixed. I think the brothers, we might have gave them like $20 or something like that. I mean, they were very, very generous in helping us get that roof on. And so that caused my the money that I earned to stretch and it helped the household that much better. But now the situation I'm in now, it's like, you know, my money is not stretching nearly as much to the point where it's caused me to um, uh, lose out. Like, my credit isn't as good as it was back then. Um, I'm not able to meet guidelines the way I'm supposed to and such and such and such, such. So I wish that at the time, the reason why I went into all of this story is because, like Robbie said, uh, 
when you're in a balance, you're in a group relationship. There's so much. There's so much more that a man can do for you than financial, and I'm well aware of that fact. And I was very appreciative of him at the time, and I used to tell him daily. But his mindset, the way he felt about it, he always felt like he should be doing more. To the point that he actually said to me, "I'm um, uh, I I went." Other women need me. You don't need me. And um, that, and that really hurt a lot. But what um, what I recognized in that is that a huge part of the reason why we struggled is that he didn't understand. He didn't understand it from my point of view. Yes, I do need you. Yes, I can use you. Yes, you can. Uh, we can balance each other out. So he's not alone with this feeling. We have a lot of black men on earth who feel as if I'm not a good enough or I'm not enough because I make less money then and not recognizing that their worth comes in so many other ways. One of the things that I would love for our black men to understand is that energy-wise, not energy-wise, but resources, their res- our resources as a people are not just financial. Our resources come from love, energy, strength, um, the relationships, friendships, like he had all these friends who could do just about anything, anything he needed done, all the things that worked, the stuff that we needed done on the home, he contributed wholeheartedly. So um, back to the question. The question was about money, and the question was about a black man who feels less than and less secure. Um, with your observations, experiences, Rajneh, my daughter, what would your response be to any of that? Uh, I don't think I have the answer to that yet. And it might just be because of my age and my limited time on this planet. So I'm just very like, um, I'm just not quite. Well, do you feel clear. as if, well, let me ask you pointed questions. Do you feel as if you should be with a man who makes more than you or less than you, or does money even come into a play as a 21-year-old dating? Well, first off, when you're 21 and you're in college and you're dating, and mo- everybody on this call understands that, is that your funds are limited. So you don't really think about money. And usually you get money from a part-time job, or if you're lucky, you'll have a parent who's okay with giving you some pocket money, right? But to me right now, money is like this, it's just this thing that's just like, oh, gosh, you make like $10 an hour? That's amazing, mm-hmm. right? The other thing is like I'm uh, an, studying to be an illustrator, an artist, and like that's just a whole entire other set of like, values, right? Whatever money I get, it goes immediately back into myself, right? Or into my creative hobby. So I never have enough money to be feeling like like money is an issue because it's just going to go immediately right back into that. So when I saw this movie, I felt like I had a different struggle than the person, than the people in this video. And I felt the people in this documentary we're all nine to fivers, and they weren't somebody in like a creative field. And I felt like my issues right now are 
I'm just trying to scrap up a couple extra dollars to get this paper so I can create this thing to put into my portfolio or to create this uh, thing for a client. So then it could help me further down the line. And I that's just me, though. And I don't know. I feel like everybody's view on money is different. But money has just never been, to me, that big of an issue. So when um, you are, yeah, so when you are, you, you've dated before and yeah. you've made decisions to stay with a person or not stay with a person. And so since money has never been an issue before, you've never said, well, I'm not going to be with this person because he doesn't have any money or doesn't make enough money. What right. has been some of the things that has caused you to say, no, I'm not going to maintain this relationship or, well, yeah, I do like this one? Well, I also date within my age range, right? All of us are 21, like 23-year-olds. None of us really have money, right? But usually it's something like, I don't like your personality or you don't click with me or it's more like that. Like it's on you to me, we don't fit together. Like I thought we fit together, but we don't fit together. It's like trying to put a triangle in a circle. It it just don't work, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So it's more like that. It's not even money. It's like we don't click together. Compatibility, people. okay. You know what? I bet you if I went through the calls and asked all the other sisters, I bet none of them ever were concerned about that. Like, I wonder, hold on, I'm going to ask Tanya real quick. Tanya, I'm going to unlock the people and see what any of you all have to say. This is my question. I'm going to do some yes and no type questions. Have any of you all ever, maybe even back, especially when we were young and we were in college, was money ever an issue? Yes. No. No. Who who said no? Who's that, Tanya? You know exactly who said yes. Say no cash. <laughs> so you you looked, when we were in our 20s, did you want a man to um, be financially well off? or at Absolutely. Least no okay. broke, please. No broke. Okay, no, what about, I have several seats. Oh, what about you, Robbie or Malika? Um, uh, yeah, I have to be honest. Yeah, money was an issue. Um, and it wasn't, it was like whether or not I would be with the person, but... Um, people that were financially um, stable, you know, had more money, they were more attractive because, again, I didn't really, you know, you we were younger, we didn't have money. So it wasn't like I was saying, like, oh, I'm not dating because you don't have any money. But then if I saw guys that had more money, yeah, I'm going to be honest, at that time, yeah, that was just more attractive. Okay. Malika, what what you say, sis? Were you wrong? Um, Living in college for me, it wasn't expected. I never had much, but my well, my mother couldn't give me anything. My grandmother would give me a little bit each month. Um, as long as the guy didn't ask me for money, and if we went out, if he asked me out, he could pay. And if we were going, he decided to go out mutually, he mm-hmm. could pay for himself, I was good. So if okay. you ask me out, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't be asking sense. me for money. As long as mm-hmm. you never ask me for money, I was good. Okay. Well, it was an issue for me because, you know, um, I had money. My parents had money. They gave me money, no problem. But what I look like, broke. Uh-uh. 
what I look like going with you. I mean, the point is not that you have to pay for my company. I mean, I ain't no hooker. But, I mean, if you can improve, you know, improve and, you know, be a guy and, you know, date me properly, then, you know, we'll find you a strong seat and you need to sit down. (laughs) And that's just what it was. And, I mean, on top of that, we went to a bougie school. So what we look like, you know, having a meal at McDonald's. Hold on. At Fisk, this guy I really like, right, he took me out on a date and we went to, we went to Wendy's. I still remember that. And oh, he, my like, God. He, and he lived off campus, so he had a little car and everything. And he came pick me up, and he opened the doors, and he took me to Wendy's, and we sat and talked, and and, um, and he Boom. brought me back home. You know what I'm saying? Well, back to the dorm room, right? But I, I, still, like, I still think about dude. You know what I'm saying? Boom. And I'm like, why, why didn't he like You know what I'm saying? Because they start yeah, running yeah. after a while. I don't know why they be running. Yeah, because you're trying to kill people with that big old <laughs> Well, you know, let me speak on that. Like, I will admit, like, if I, when I was at this, I probably wouldn't have been necessarily impressed by that. Um, okay. But but not, like, in a sense, like, it's, but we're, once we were together in a relationship, we could be boiling hot dogs, eating ramen noodles or whatever. But every exactly. moment, somebody's... When somebody's right. courting you, you know, you right. just want to feel like, oh, he did exactly. something. Exactly. We went, wait, wait, what was like a good date when we were in college? It was probably Fridays. I would laugh at that maybe now, but that was like, oh, that was amazing. And that was just impressive. Or would that cooker. be regular? Or the yeah, cooker. The, remember the cooker? The cooker, yeah, remember the Off cooker. The and, yeah. But, but you they did. They took you to you know, Fountain Square or the gallery or a child took you into Brentwood. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. It's just that you just want some type of effort to be made. But, you know, when I was in college, yeah, I didn't have all these high expectations. But, you know, I was impressed by those things. And also, like you said, too, it also comes from, like, okay, well, if my father is giving me money to do these things and to, have in, and, and to live a certain way, no, I can't then give that money to you or take care of you or whatever. You have to come with your own because that's not respectful to my parents. So it wasn't like, oh, you got to have money, you got to pay to play. No, but at the same time, you can't come to me and, and I have to take care of you, and I'm not even on my own dime. You got to come with your own because that's disrespectful to the parents. Like, I'm, I, you can't. You don't spend your parents' money on someone else like that, really, either. You know what I mean? So he comes with his own. I come with my own. He does dates. You know, I buy gifts for birthdays for him or whoever, too. I pay for dates sometimes, too, as well. Um, so, you know, but both put your effort in. It can't just be one person. That was a college date. I have to say, um, I have to say um, no, because... Me and my husband, we've always both been hustlers. He's been cutting hair since he was in sixth grade, and I was babysitting whoever kids I could possibly babysit to make our money. So it was like whenever he did take us, take me out or whatever, it was him always covering everything. Like our first take was at the Madison um, Steakhouse. That's on, on what, 83rd and um, Cicero? And I thought that was the coolest bro. I didn't even eat steak, but it was fancy to me. So I was like, oh, you know, like, okay, that's what we're doing. We took the bus there, but it was the most romantic thing, and that's probably why he's still around to this day, huh? So I guess he did what he was supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 19 years in. <laughs> okay, all right. 
Like Malika, she said she was there. They've been doing well, 20 years. Like I was 20 years. I was 19 when I met him. And then we divorced around 39 for me. So, oh, okay. Yep. But the um, but like you said, it's. I think it's all about a perspective. But what Robbie said about if my if my parents gave me this money, it reminds me a lot of if you end up being a single woman or a divorced woman and you're out there dating and you have children. The reason you go to work is to take care of your house, your home, your children, right? You don't necessarily make this money so that you could turn around and spend it on some man who's not part of your household. So I understand that. That makes a lot of sense when she said, how am I going to take my the money my parents gave me for me to make sure that I don't – like if you take the money and then you go and spend it on some dude and then you got to call your parents back a couple of days later, hey, um, can I get another $20 because I spent my 20 on this guy. I took him out for a date, you know. And that, right. that is kind of um, disrespectful. That makes sense. But, you know, I, w- I will say this too, like – just in my experiences, I never – the type of men that I've always attracted have have taken care of me. I maybe dated one or two men that didn't, but um, I don't know why that is, and maybe that's just the energy that I present. And so um, it is something I'm accustomed to, but I don't think that I will be – that I could live, I think I could live without it at the same time. Yes, yes, most of the guys I've been with have made more than me, or you know they've done things for me, or, and they do things for me, and and I like that, and I am I am used to it. You know, I am also a daddy's girl, so maybe that's the energy that I present, and that's what I attract. So you know, I don't, you know, very seldom have I got into these discussions while I'm dating. I think I've had a discussion once with a guy where I was like, look, these are the things that I expect. Yes, you need to pay for dates. Yes, you need to do this, blah, blah, blah. I said, but trust me, in our relationship, you will find that it's well worth your while. And so we went out. We dated for, you know, a, a long time. And he came, you know, I remember he, he, he tells the story of when he first moved into his apartment. And I stayed with him that night, and, you know, when you first move in, it's dirty, blah, blah, blah. He was asleep. He said he remembered waking up because he heard all this scrubbing in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And he was like, what's going on? And he goes in there, he sees me scrubbing and cleaning and getting everything together, and it just dawned on him, click, the light bulb was like, oh, this is what went, she got my back like this? Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you got me. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was just like so... Don't be so hung up on that, oh, this woman is materialistic and all of this, because the thing is is that you have each other, you, you got each other's back. And so don't get upset because a woman says to you, these are things that I expect. And if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. Walk away. Don't get ex- upset about it because when you come to her and say, well, this is what I expect, and you will probably be surprised if she'll be like, okay. So uh, we're, I'm adding that to the solutions, Robbie. You know, making sure that your expectations are clear, clear expectations in the beginning. So then that way you um you don't you don't waste your time. It's a huge time waster right there. You say to the person, "Look, this is what I'm doing," and they say, "Look, this is right." Come on, both mm-hmm. sides come together, making those agreements. It's back to the contract, you know. What I do like about this conversation, though, is that, um, you know, I'm tired of it in a sense that, like, you know, I don't, I'm don't. i tired of hearing that 
black men need to go somewhere else or black women need to go somewhere else, you know, to find love. But what is interesting is because we're the only, you know, minorities I feel like are the only people that have these types of discussions, which is can be exasperating. But um, like I said, it's obviously important to us. Somewhere in us we still think it's important for black Americans to be together. For some reason we still feel it's important. So that kind of gives me a little bit of pride and that, wow, we think this is, something that needs to be done, you know, that we need to stick together because, I mean, like you said, you don't hear white people saying this. Mm -hmm. They don't have these conversations really very, very rarely do you hear them saying, oh, white women need to be with white men. No, they just don't because they just don't feel that need. One of the huge differences between us is we had this trauma in our history that too many folks fail to recognize, acknowledge, you know. And so it's the same as like, like if you're raped, and then nobody ever says gives you vi- if nobody ever ever validates the rape like nobody ever says yes it's fucked up you should have never had to deal with that and I'm sorry that that happened to you you know we don't have that portion right there so we're trying and so then the next thing after that is you're supposed to heal but nobody is our, our healing process is is not going through the right process you know we're supposed to first be validated right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody has got to say, hey, I'm sorry. Our country refuses to say it. They refuse to say that. They refuse to acknowledge slavery. So they're like, we're just going to continue to rape you over and over and over and over again. So how do you heal from that? And so we keep having to have these kind of conversations. We keep having to have these, like, discussions and, and um, thoughts and complaints and nervous feelings and looking over our shoulder and the paranoia because nobody admits or nobody will acknowledge that pain. <laughs> so who, who is that? Somebody, um... I don't know who that is communicating, but Robbie, you understand what I'm saying, sis? Yes, I do, mm-hmm. and that's that's absolutely correct. Like I said, and that's just going back to our self hate thing. Like if we acknowledge that, you know, and really make these forms a real thing to heal this that we're dealing with, then we can then want talk to each other, and and maybe it won't be it won't feel like it hurts you so much because I'm gonna be honest, it didn't really hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. That they were going to Brazil to meet women. It, it didn't really bother me personally. I, yeah. I'm I, I'm happy that this is a discussion because I'm all about black power and black love. And like I said, like I already said before, I kind of felt like, well, at least they're going to Brazil. Yeah, at least they're going to find some other sisters. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I, I'm okay with it. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I got a world view, and you know, I think that you know, black power is a thing as far as this whole planet. We need to come together. So maybe that maybe that might be the first step. That's fine with me. But if we do recognize that this African American experience is unique and that we be together because it is and we can only understand each other because that is true. I mean, I've dated different cultures and I I'm laughing at something and they're looking at me like what you talking about? They don't even get it. You know, so I do know I recognize that that experience is unique. And it is to be desired. I didn't, I wanted, a, when I left Tokyo after a year and a half, I wanted a black American guy so bad, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I recognize what that, that thing is that we have. But at the same time, it's like, 
if we are really going to do this, we're gonna we're gonna make this a thing. Then yeah, we just we need to find some solutions and that you know. So maybe we do have to keep talking about. It, even though I'm really tired of talking about it. I really am. But maybe if, you know we we do. And then after that, like I said, the next step is to recognize the issues that we're up against. And if we can recognize, hey, we both have a struggle every day, all day, being our little black selves in America, so we need to go that extra mile with each other when we're in our house and, and, and trying to cater to each other, mm-hmm. both of us. Yeah, we cannot that. subscribe. That may, That's one solution, number one. We cannot subscri- subscribe to, you know, leave it to beaver. We never have. And if we can... And, you know, just accept that, that our households are never going to be leave it to beaver because we're black in America. So, mm-hmm. okay, you got to get over yourself. You, you're not going to get that type of housewife because I got to go out and work. I got well, go to go work like and I got to be comfortable. Yeah, I got to mm-hmm. be at work. I got to be masculine all day, and I need some time to come and turn it off and, and, and be my feminine self when I get home too. Right. You had to deal with a lot too. So I think that's the first thing. I think the problem is, is that we keep, once again, comparing ourselves to America because we're American, but we got to understand that our experience in America is different, and we, we're, our households are not going to necessarily be the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, we have to cater to each other in different ways and be willing to do that and accepting of that. So, I agree wholeheartedly. We are different. Um, a good example on, on TV of us being different is the Cosby Show, the Huxtables, the way um, she worked and he worked, but they still came home and they had a balance. And there were times when he was in the kitchen doing domestic-type stuff as well as her. And there were so many times when he um, had that role in parenting. She didn't only do it. They shared a lot of those responsibilities. They were a very good balance. And then um, the other thing is the African way is the community way. We are a community people. And so we are much more successful when we do that in concert with each other. And I, all the successes that I had within my marriage when it was a success, those successful moments that I had described earlier, so all of those successful moments each and every time were when we worked together on issues. Like I remember when we were, before we had actually got legally married and we were just a couple, and um, we were living together back in Nashville, and we were putting a crib together because, you know, I was pregnant about to have a baby. And he would get so frustrated, like his um, he, his uh, patience is a lot less than mine. And so I was reading the I was reading the the directions or whatever. He he just had no patience for that. But his brute is way better than mine. And I learned that about him very quickly. So then for the rest of our lives together, I always um, utilized his physical ability and my, um, and my capacity for remaining patient. And then he recognized that too. So each and every time there was something that needed to be put together, then I would come with the, okay, listen, this is how it, you do it. You do it like this. And then I'd make sure I read the directions in advance. I knew how to handle it. I knew exactly what needed to be done so that when I, by the time I called his name, I needed him just for the physical part. Okay, look, I need you to, you know, lift this right here and screw this in right here. And then, boom, we worked in concert with each other, and it was just perfect, absolutely perfect. But he, but if I um, 
just threw him the directions and be like, here, put it together. That meant that I wasn't in concert with him. We weren't working together. Then he would get very frustrated. He would be over there trying to figure it out, and he would get really upset, and he'd be mad, and then he'd be storming and pacing and yelling and fussing. And, man, but you know I don't know how to do this stuff. You know this is really frustrating me. You know I hate doing it. You know, and then just be yelling or whatever. So that's because we weren't working together. And I know that that's kind of a a petty example, just putting together a crib or a a, a bookshelf or something, but it, it it's a small example for something that's really big. You know, it's like that for our whole our whole people. I have um somebody who is a Takesha. Is that you, sis? I am going through the, uh, basically I feel like I've asked all the questions that I wanted to ask and that I needed to um, and re- respond to the things that we needed to respond to in the film. Um, I'm going to give you all an opportunity to make some last thoughts. Sis, is that you, Takesha, or is that Kia? I think yeah, I'm here. Okay, Takesha. that's Takesha. Okay, sis, do you have any last thoughts? You know, um, I'm going to say 10 seconds, but, you know, if you end up taking a... 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. These are last thoughts. Um, so, I definitely yeah. um, think that us constantly bringing the awareness will definitely, you know, uh, contribute to making the situation a little bit better. At the end of the day, you know, regardless if you married to that man or dating that man, I would say just, you know, encourage, uplift them, and just, um, I don't know, just really be more encouraging because, you know, for whatever reason they feel as though black women are not there to support them and that we're against them and we're competing against them, and that's not the case for me. That's not my motive as, you know, my black brother. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, sis. I think you got some background noise, so I'm going to mute you, okay? Sorry. That's cool. Um, All right. Robbie, last thoughts? No, I mean, I really don't have much else to say besides, you know, I think that, you know, uh, everything that everyone said here was really good. And, you know, I wish we could just, like, make this some type of larger forum in the country, you know. But um, at the end of the day, you know, people got to do what's best for them. And it's okay to have your preference and love whoever you're going to love. And um, But... If if we really want to make this black American love a thing, an issue, um, then let's try to implement some solutions and, you know, try to get it going. Okay. Thanks a lot, sis. Malika, you have any last thoughts? Um, sure. I'm sorry, I'm on the road now. I think if it's, you know, be happy with who you are, be happy with the choice you've made, and that way you... All your choice, all your decisions, decisions, don't put on someone else. But if you've reached a point in your space and in your life where you're feeling, okay, where did this decision or choice of mine come from, really do some introspection. Look at the situations you've been in in your life, where you come from as a people, how you grew up, and determine, you know, how much of this is really society, how much of this is me, mm-hmm. and... Do I wish to change? Because if you wish to change, you can. But the big mm-hmm. thing is, do you wish to change? And it's okay. Just because I might find someone faulty in an area, that does not mean they need to change it. Mm-hmm. People find me to be a bit rough and gruff at times, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Right. 
that's not one of the things I wish to change about myself. There are other things I'm working on, but that roughness and roughness, I've decided I'm going to keep. All right, All right. You have so every right to do you. that. Right. Own you and go out to change what you want to change about you. You put yourself in a situation you wish to be in. And if it's not something you want to change, own that, and therefore own the decisions that you make based upon you. Don't make it my fault. Yeah. And I also like what you said about, um, or at least this makes a lot of sense to me, to um, reflect and look at yourself internally. And is this a race issue or is this a personal issue? You know, what what is that? Because when you can identify and understand what's going on with you, then you are much better able to respond to it and deal with it accordingly. Because like you said, it may not even be a race issue. It might not even be the fault of black women as a whole, you know, or you not being able to find a good black woman. It could be internally that you're suffering with, man, I really want to be able to make more because if I make less and I feel less than a person or I feel less than a man, and if that's what you're dealing with, then, you know, be honest with yourself about that. And then you need, and then make some decisions. Do I need, what is it that I need to change? Only date uh, women who make less than me or accept the fact that I'm not going to always be the breadwinner financially, but I can still contribute in other ways. You know, you have to make a choice. How am I going to handle that? Right. Right. Yeah, you Do you have any last thoughts, my 21-year-old daughter? <laughs> um, it was just nice to hear other opinions, especially ones from uh, older black women. Uh, I've been telling you all year that most of my professors are all older white males, so I've just been really struggling with that. And so I'm glad I have you as the other side of that coin, you know, my balance when I come home because um, you're very, I don't know how to put it. It was just nice hearing all this today. Like, I, I needed this. Yeah. And so the sisters on the call, I think um, most of the sisters on the call are within my sister circle, people I've either went to school with, know really well, good girlfriends, um, or acquaintances that have started to become closer to me. So it is my circle. And I, my circle, I don't really, even though my circle is very, it's it's a varied circle. You know, there's all kinds of women within my circle, but there are some unique similarities. There are some similarities within my circle. Like, um, it's very hard to be friends with Bonita and um, not accept or understand that they we live in a racist society. You know, I don't think I have anybody within my circle who is not aware of that, <laughs> you know. So, <clears throat> um, and, and, and so that in itself may cause the people in my atmosphere to respond in some of the ways that you've heard the responses today on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. 
But did you hear, were any of the sisters on the call today uh, extremely or way far off different from what you've heard me say? No, not at all. I felt like they all had their own points that were all interesting and eye-opening. And it's always nice, you know, to hear something that you don't normally hear. But to me, it was like it was listening to Benita 1. Benita too, but Benita too with like a different background, you know, so it was still really all, it wasn't crazy out there. It was all very similar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, I admittedly, I don't, I don't, I don't know how balanced our viewpoint was today. Right. But I, um, you know, because we do happen to have, uh, Takesha is somebody that I know because she is um, highly athletic and her children are highly athletic and we met because our sons play football together and she was actually a coach. Check her out. This amazing woman. Um, So she may be the most, um, the most different, but then listening to her talk on the call, we ha- share a lot of similar opinions about that documentary. So, um, but other than that, you know, I think we feel all of us feel the same way. So, Takesha is probably the only person that, you know, I, I didn't go to school with her. We don't kick it every Sunday. So, you know, but we have always been very cordial and very respectful and honorable towards each other and um, supportive of one another's children, Um, you know, and she's absolutely um, a beautiful sister in and out. We, um, but other than that, I, uh, you know, so even though she's somebody in like, like Robbie and Malika, we're not in the same city. So we don't, we can't see each other every day, so we're not building on a regular basis either. But we still have these similar opinions. You know, we're in concert with each other. So let me see. I think everybody has given the opportunity to give last thoughts. So I am going to sum it up and um, not really sum it up. I think summing it up could be take some time because we've been on this call for almost three hours, and I, I hope that you all um, don't mind. And I really was thinking maybe we would do an hour long, but I think it just it needed, it required it. So let me just say this, to sum, not to sum up, but just to say a few points that I want to make sure get out there. Um, when I was watching this video, the, I had like 10 different thoughts that came to my mind, and um, some of them I've already been able to share, so I'm not going to go over them again. But it all comes down to this. I watched this, um, I read this book called Black Love is a Revolutionary Act. And um, so I was, uh, I typed it in YouTube for some reason. I can't remember why, but when I typed it in YouTube, I said, boom, up came this video that discussed where Dr. Francis Crest Welsing was presenting, and they named that particular video Black Love is a Revolutionary Act as well. And one of the things she says at the almost end of the video is we, when black couples get together, in order for them to survive, in order for them to work, they both have to accept and recognize 
um, that we happen to live in a world where white supremacy is and they have to together decide that they're going to combat that no matter what. And that made a lot of sense to me. I think that my marriage would have survived had my spouse at the time would say to me, like if he was able to say, you know what, I know how this world is. I know that this world is going to give this to you, Benita, and they're not going to give it to me because they're trying to break us down, and you and I, we're going to combat this no matter what we do. And together we're going to, you know, I am going to shirk these feelings that I have, chalk them up to the um, what the white supremacist racist systems are hoping that I will do, and I'm not going to fall victim to that, and I'm going to accept my responsibility in being your loving partner and honoring that commitment and not letting that be a problem to me, so or not letting that be a problem to us. Second, I think that, so recognizing that fact, I think, helps a lot in maintaining good black love. Second, I think that couples need to, deal with their stuff internally. So what one couple likes versus another couple, we kind of playfully um, discuss oral sex as part of it, whatever. Whether it's oral sex or it's cooking, it's cleaning, um, going, paying for dates, however you look at it, each couple is different, and every couple is not going to be the exact same. And so deciding between the two of you all within that relationship what's good and what's not good, and leaving it there between the two of you all and everybody else outside of it, friends, family, the systems, whatever, those are all external forces. And so then maintaining a nice internal strong structure I think is the second thing that's going to help black love. And um, and then uh, thirdly, I wholeheartedly agree with us as women being uh, more supportive, our our black women being more loving and supportive and encouraging to our brothers because um, they do have to climb a wall before they get to us. And then once they get to us, then um, there's so many forces out there that they're dealing with. And that's the reason why, that's the reason why I think that, um, you know, a lot of times men want simple things. They keep saying it's simple, it's simple, it's simple what I want. All I want to do is just to be able to come home and relax and relate and uh, just just relax and be. And then from us, they want to feel appreciated and agreed with, and um, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. And they can come home and they can relax. But part of the reason why I think that no one else on earth, going back to what Robbie said, we need to look at ourselves more globally there's a world perspective it's a the world vision between us so it's like i love all my black folks within the whole diaspora or diaspora i never know how to pronounce that word correctly so um i fit, please forgive my ignorance but all of us across the world Sister to sister to sister to sister i think the problem with this particular video is it's it pinned us against each other. Now, had they made the video like black men in the United States love black women from all over the world, we got black men um, dating black women in, in the United States, and we got black men going to 
date women in Brazil, then we would have had a much different conversation today. But the documentary made it sound as if there's something wrong with black women in the United States, and therefore they must, they have to, they are left with no choice but to choose women of other other nationalities. And I think that was the grossly unfair part about the video. And because I have women within my own sister circle that I don't even talk to on a regular basis, like Robbie and Malika and Takesha, awesome sisters who I don't see every day, don't talk to every day. And um, they still are in concert with me in the fact that they love the black men they want to support black men. They want to be in concert with black men. So their lives are the exact opposite of what we watched in that video um, as far as a reference of black women in the United States. And I think that basically sums up what I wanted to say as far as my own personal opinion, um, my observations, um, or my the contempt that I had with the video. The one thing, and last thought that I want to share about the video that I did like is at the very end where I think he was a pastor or maybe a priest or something like that because he had a collar on, but he made the statement that intact families, regardless of how much money one person makes versus how much money the other person makes, are, are more healthy for our children. I wholeheartedly agree with that because my own son, I think, was way better off when his father was in the home versus his father not being in the home, as well as my daughter. My daughter was able to benefit um, personally. My uh, husband, he was my boyfriend, and then he ended up becoming incarcerated, which is another thing that our brothers suffer with. One out of every three black men have to deal with that in some kind of way, probation, parole, incarceration. And um, I, so it's very hard for a black woman to know a black man who, black women may not all of us end up in a relationship with one, but most black women, you either know somebody or know somebody who knows somebody who's been incarcerated because of the roaring statistics on that. So um, when it happened to me, I accepted it wholeheartedly and um, was with him all along the way, supporting him while he was incarcerated. But anyway, I, I, I brought that up because she spent time with him being an absent parent as well as he now spending time with him being an absent parent. But it's a huge difference, him being absent um, when he and I were still in a relationship versus he being absent when he and I are not in a relationship. And that's very disturbing for me. I wish it wasn't like that, but it's just a fact of life. Um, you know, at least, at least we've made it to the point where my son can pick up the phone and call him and he'll be available. Um, the uh, Back to the man's point as on the video where he was saying intact family helps healthy helps children maintain a, a different level of healthiness and then the other point that he made and he didn't have a direct statistic but what he said was we um what he said was he could almost bet that intact families produce stronger children 
and children who can compete at any level with uh, black children can compete at any level with um, any other race if they're coming from intact families versus families of single household. And I, I fully agree with that. Now, I'm not saying that a single-headed mother or a single-headed father can't do it. I'm just saying that it's a lot more work. And then as a social worker who works with children, one of the things that that is very disturbing to me, and this is a a truth that I've I've found, and that is I've had suicidal ideations in children ages from five all the way up to fourteen because I work at a grade school. I had a different child every other week, and I um I'm in the school for about forty weeks, so I had at least about twenty children come to me and say, "Hey, I want to kill myself," or they um confessed to somebody else, and when the child said that. They would come and talk to me. It was all part of the process of the protocol that I must follow any time a child says that expresses that ideation. When I had that conversation with the child, they always shared with me unsolicitedly what they were sad about, and they were all sad about each and every one of them had this one common denominator, and that was parents, their relationship with their parent or their parents' relationship with each other. Children consider themselves to be part of their mother and part of their father, and if there's something wrong with one of them, then there's something wrong with them. And so then they end up internalizing that to the point where they start feeling bad about themselves and then thereby turn around and want to harm themselves or don't even want to be on earth anymore. They're like, look, I can't even do this, simply because they were um, having that problem not liking themselves anymore because, and it was something It could be as simple as the mother and the father are fighting with each other or the mother doesn't want the child to go spend time with the father or the father don't want the child to spend time with the mother or or the um, child is really, really wanting to see their father and they can't see their father. They Their father is not present in their life and their father just basically went out to lunch on the child and never came back you know, not putting work in anymore. And so all they all each and every one of them shared that with me. That was the reason why they were sad. So summing all of up my statements, I know I went off on something like a tangent, but I'm trying to be clear and and I'm trying to be concise. And basically those are mainly my five points of um why I feel like black love is so important. Um, if there's anybody on the call who wants to respond to anything that I have said, um, you're welcome. Go right ahead. I have so, um, and if not, then we could say good day to each other. <laughs> so, Rajne, is there anything you want to say before we um, close out? Um, uh, no, uh, not really. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you making my. Allowing me to make my peace and um, being a part of this broadcast. Thank you very much. Malika, I know that you are en route to take care of some business that you have to do, but, sis, is there any last things that you want to say before we um, move on to close out? I know she's probably on mute because she had to. What about you, Sister Robbie? Anything you want to say before we close out? No, I didn't even know. I thought I was on mute, but no, there's nothing else I want to say. Thank you very much for this, Benita. Yeah, thank you, sis. I'm so glad that you were a part of our discussion today. Um, 
All right, so I'm going to say peace to you. Let's go to Takesha. I think this is Takesha still on the line or maybe Kia. Takesha, is that you, sis? Hey. Hey, is there any last thoughts you want to say or any responses to what you heard me say? Um, No, I just want to say I did enjoy the discussion. Uh, really like the diversities as far as um, points of views, and I hope we're able to do it again soon on a different topic. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate each and every one of you all. And um, those of you who happen to be download this broadcast, um, this is the Benita Osset. We call it the Sippin' Tea with B show. Um, Usually it's not so long. This was, um, I think, uh, something that needed to happen. We love our black men, and uh, we want to support you all, and hopefully you get a better understanding of how we feel if you get an opportunity to download this broadcast. And, again, big shout-out and thanks go to Brother B who inspired this. Peace out, y'all. Have a good day. Bye. Ashe. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.